What's up, everybody? This is Carrick with ACG, and I'm here with David Martinez from Raw Fury Games. David's been on two or three times in the past. We're going to talk about old old stories, new games, triple A's, double A's, indies, everything. We've got Abzi, who's always here, thank God. Because if Abzi hadn't showed up, it would have been a small podcast because Reg Reg DM'd me. He's like, dude, I'm dying. I couldn't get a hold of Silver. Oh, shit, Johnny, is he sick? luckily, Damn. I think Reg was just tired. Yeah, it said he was like exhausted. Um, Johnny is also here as always. Thanks to Johnny for showing up for the last couple weird podcasts we've done as well. We did a music based podcast where we had Joshua Davidson from Borderlands as well as Brandon. I'm going to forget his last name. Shit. One of the nicest guys in the world. And Brandon Mueller. Yes. Mueller. Mo Mueller. M yeah. Mueller. Uh, it, it, Miller. Right. Because it was spelled one way, pronounced the other. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, two audio guys from uh, from Gearbox. And we talked about Borderlands audio and all that kind of stuff. It was great. If you guys follow the channel, uh, give it a thumbs up wherever you are. We're on Spotify for video. Also, we have changed the YouTube membership. I know people have been asking for a while. And the honest truth is, I don't really trust YouTube very much. So I, I like to sort of not be connected to YouTube. But I looked into the membership program and we've now got it tied into the discord for patrons. So if you become a YouTube member uh, for whatever reason, you should get everything a discord person gets. It's slightly different price because the way they do things, but you should be able to jump into our discord, talk to people in the discord, all that kind of stuff. It'll have your own special like YouTube membership. Uh, uh, Indo vault is one of our first and it showed the proper tag. So if you guys want to do that. Um, to support the channel, I appreciate it. And to also support it, check out Miles Morales PC. That came out, uh, well, wait, it comes out today, I think. My review came out this morning. Yeah, it's out today. I want to start real quick with a discussion. Do you guys view ports as anything lesser than the original? Because I don't, but I get that all, all the time. When people are like, well, why'd you do a review for a game that's a year and a half old and it's coming out to PC? And I'm like, well... Why would I not? Well, there's a whole contingent of people that never played it that don't have PS4s. Or that PS5s, don't have PS4s, right? So it's a new full game for them. Yeah, I don't. David, do you notice that when you're doing? I don't know if you guys have done a game where your port came later. Maybe, maybe, maybe that oh, hasn't yeah. happened. Okay, That's it has. A, it's, it's pretty. It's pretty common, like especially in the, my part of the industry, right? Like mm -hmm. the kind of smaller indie publisher uh, side of things. Like absolutely common to like have the game come out on PC first. And then like, especially oh, if it's true. a game like a, a roguelike or something, you know, there's yeah. a lot of balancing involved. Uh, so you get that all, uh, set up and you get that tight. Uh, and then you finally port it to, to console. Uh, because, uh, I mean, you guys are probably aware of course that like, uh, uh getting the game onto console <clears throat> from PC is not the easiest task. There's like all these like certifications mm -hmm. uh, yeah. that you have to go through. Uh, on the back end for whichever platform you're going for, whether it's Xbox or uh, PlayStation or whatever. Um, and so uh, because of like the time constraints and because how much more it is involved to get games onto a console, it's, it's really common to just, you know, iron out the bugs, <laughs> no pun intended, on uh, on PC first and then move everything over. So, but I don't think it's, uh, I don't think a port is a lesser version of a game. In fact, I think uh, it's wonderful that we're starting to see uh, Sony exclusives uh yeah. or i guess now we're calling them timed exclusives right coming to pc right you have uncharted on pc now there's like a whole generation of people that had not even played the older uncharted now they're easily accessible on pc miles morales coming out today these are like these are like sony's top bangers oh, right yeah. they're like the upper echelon uh they look great on pc and also like from the business perspective uh 
that's a lot of money that was just being left on the table by not bringing these titles over to a whole new audience. Yeah, especially after COVID, right? With the uptick on like uh, on PC sales, so mm-hmm. many, so many new people got it. So I think that that also kind of sparked an interest in in porting them over. I mean, yeah. I, oh, go ahead, David. Go ahead. I was going to say also the there is like kind of the idea that PS5 hardware is still a little limited and not mm-hmm. as easy to get still. So. Why wouldn't you want to kind of broaden that audience after the timed exclusivity passes away? Of course, you know, you do need to give your, you know, your, your install base, your largest, biggest fans, like those big titles first. That's why they bought your hardware. Right. Uh, But after a while, like spread the love. I think also like Abzi said in the past, it would be because they bought your hardware. And now with the PS5 being somewhat limited and Xbox was for a long time, that Sony looked at the writing on the wall and was like, listen, this could happen at any yeah. time. So mm-hmm. why don't we do this? And Nixies, they bought Nixies and that's their port company. And I got to say, man, those guys, you know, I would rather smash my nuts than play a game by Nixies in the past. I mean, that's just the honest <laughs> truth. It was nothing but frustration. <laughs> just and the- yeah, just like buy a third <laughs> nut just to be able to smash something without it affecting my sex life. And I got to tell you, wickedly improved. And hats off to that. I'm I'm not I'm not saying somewhat improved. I'm saying this is like a whole other group of people making these effing games. And Miles, man, I had forgotten Miles had so you have Peter Parker, who's the old school, the OG Spider-Man with his OG powers. And this was sort of covered in the in the movie where everybody's got a slightly different way of web slinging and all that kind of stuff. But Miles is like almost a technotronic version of Spider-Man because mm. he's got that venom, you know, and the and he's got all these electricity effects around him. And the first time I jumped into battle with him in the in the PC version, I have a 4090 to test on, but I also have all the way down to a 20. I say all the way down, still a good card, but the 2080. And I'm sitting there going, this game looks like insane. The weather effects on Miles are like 10 times more than they would be on Spider-Man. I mean, there's like 80 levels of snow and all of these things going on. And I'm just sitting there going like, we have attained a level of graphic, like graphical attitude. We'll just make that word up. That is (laughs) friggin' awesome. And to see Sony finally say, you know what? Let's do this. I mean, and one of the first Uncharted's is, of course, Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy. And I'll fight anybody who says Lost Legacy isn't their I've best Uncharted game. I've been playing that, and it's great. <gasps> Dude, yeah, it's awesome. I don't know how to wait, say it without being really sexy sounding, but when you're double teaming the dude as the two chick, like there's no way to get through this yeah. without sounding really dirty. And it's not dirty, but it's two <laughs> chicks fighting a guy, and you're controlling both, but they're they're not, you don't feel like you're playing two people. You, they, their control mechanism for those boss fights is. Sure, they, they tackle the man with real grace. With grace, yeah, <laughs> with, with real relish. It's, dude, it's, it's, and we finally get to play it. PC gamers yeah. finally get to play that with, you know, mouse and keyboard if they want to, which is. Well, a, what do you think plus. about the price? Is there an argument like, hey, this is a whatever three year old game, whatever it is? Should it be. Full Miles is at or... 49 the Sony's new pricing okay. and I did bitch about that in my review. I was like it's yeah. worth it but it's a shorter game. Um it's about 11 hours organic not 100%. As in I just played 
moved around, yep. swung some, fight some random dudes. That's the way I review. I'm not going to 100%. That'll kill me. I would want to quit games if I was forced to like. Imagine oh, you had to 100% every, every single <laughs> game you had to review. You it had would to 100%. Just, I mean, if you had to, it might be different. But if you artificially forced yourself to, I do believe that would cause burnout. Like yeah, if you were. Because it also changes oh, yeah. the way you play. You would turn it into a spreadsheet yeah. where you're. Right. Like, I like the organic feel. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, like we're looking at these titles that are coming. It, it, dude. Gaming's good. That's all I can say. Like I was playing, I was like laughing like a child last night when I put the review up because I was just playing Miles, just going like this That's game sick. is. Plus the twenty twenty three looks really good. Mm -hmm. Early yeah. twenty twenty three quarter one looks really good. Yeah, good or bad depending on your wallet versus depending on your wallet, depending <laughs> on how the games turn out to be as well. Starfield's uh -huh. a really iffy one. We don't know. Hopefully it's good, but you know, Dude. Hogwarts is another super iffy one. That's like a big if. Yo, that yeah, and we I knew you know I talked about this a couple of months ago. I was I had been informed dead, you know uh, that uh, that uh, what do you call it the vi this uh, the zombie one had been delayed. Um, dead Island. Oh, yeah, dead Island yeah, too. yeah, yeah. I'd been yeah. there were some people I know who work there who were like, ain't happening, man. We'll we'll announce yeah. it at some point. So that's why I talked about it for a while, and then Atomic they announced it yesterday. And Yakuza Ishin on the same day. Two of what two of my most look forward to games. Upcoming games on the same day. It's crazy. This is man. David's job. Let's ask David something. Yeah. David, sure. what do you do when two big games are coming at this? Uh, uh, do you guys panic? We're, we, like, I mean, we, how we're do you handle that? We're a smaller company. So, like, uh, we try to steer clear of any large uh, <laughs> release dates of any kind. No yeah, February. Like, just swear February off from now yeah, on. You know? I mean, like, uh, you know, Dead Island 2, not too scared about that one. Not a lot right. of huge over, uh, audience overlap with what we're doing. But like if I were a dark tide or something, yeah, I might want to pay a little more closer attention to mm -hmm. that. Yeah. But no, I mean, yeah, uh, February and April seem to be the months to like kind of watch out for unless, you're, <laughs> yeah. unless you've got like multi-million dollar marketing budgets. Right. Do you do you guys personally have a have a talk? with the creators ever where, and you don't have to, obviously this is inside baseball, so you don't have to say this, but has there ever been a time where you're looking at dates and you're like, I think we need to have a talk. Oh, absolutely. Dude, oh, okay, that, cool. Oh yeah. 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 That's not, uh, I don't mind doing inside baseball by the way. Uh, yeah, that's totally a thing, man. Like, you know, we want to do best by our developers also like, to be fair, we're, this is a business, right? Oh yeah. So, so we are definitely also worried a, a bit about revenue and potential sales and stuff like that. You do not want to go, up against like you know the the newest call of duty uh or El elden ring 2 when that comes out eight years now. <laughs> horizon or showed you can't go against elden ring and that was oh horizon God. forbidden oh, dawn i felt yeah. I, I i was shocked because uh, i feel shocked. like that's twice now it is that, twice zelda that, now yeah, this right zelda i could i couldn't remember i was oh like my Which God. Other, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Z Zelda, Lock and they're the they're both the same kind of game where it's like it's the second world. Like, such a trend. David, yeah. do you think like do you? I mean, what would cause so that one in particular has popped in because I love Forbidden West. I think that there is almost no game that's more beautiful and there exploratory isn't. in my life, and uh, it is it is like a Bob Ross painting come to like D and D life, and uh, like I'm playing it. Do you think they thought? And this is asking you to be in their heads, so that's not fair. But do you think that they just were like, we can't delay it again. Let's just do it. Did you think you talked about overlap, which I think is super important. Do you think maybe they were hoping for a bit less overlap? And do you think internally Gorilla wanted to punch somebody in the face? Because if I was oh, working man. at Gorilla, I'd be like, mother. Pure, <laughs> okay, so obviously this is completely purely speculative. Of course, right? yeah. 
but uh i i think that uh sony must have felt that they certainly had a shot to appeal to their audience that the you know the kind of the combination of launch of switch and breath of the wild together uh wasn't going to be as big of a deal i mean when you think about it right like sony has a, a humongous fan base right yeah. Uh, and at the time for the PS4, the largest install base, I think they're the biggest console at the time, right? By units uh, in homes and stuff. So yeah, they, they it might've been a little bit of uh, David looking at, uh, or rather Goliath looking at David being like, ah, you know, yeah, Nintendo's a, a big deal, but uh, this Switch thing isn't going to derail anything from us, right? Right. Uh, maybe turned out not to be the case. Uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so, uh, and you know, and I, and we saw that again. <laughs> <laughs> with uh uh with the sequel launch um you know but uh you know i I, I do give credit to sony for still being able to sell as many units as they did also with the second one like uh they kind of had the pc port of the first one in their back pocket knowing they're going to get a little bit of revenue from that yeah. one launch did, did i get that right like uh see sequel comes out then the port of the first one. no the port up. from the first one was out a little bit before was, the sequel oh, yeah, it was out it was earlier out before. okay yeah, all right yeah. i got it i got it mixed up right. which sold really well on pc as which, well which is great to yeah, hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe, maybe that buff, or yeah, maybe that maybe they thought the, the second one would get on PC later. Also, the and first so that... one, I think it was like three or four days after Breath of the Wild, and the second one was like sandwiched between Dying Light Two and Elden Ring, right? And it was like a couple <laughs> weeks prior to Elden Ring. So maybe this that time around, they're like, okay, well, we're before them, you know. Mm -hmm. Dude, people will want to buy our game. I, I mean, Eld Elden Ring, when you think about it, right? Like, there was not much known about that game up until, like, four months prior. I think right. we, fi we finally all got, like, an actual glimpse of it at the, the Game gameplay. Awards last year. Yeah. Uh, and then it came out. Like, uh, was it, that shows in December, came out two months later in February, you know. And yep. it, it ended up being a cultural phenomenon. Not just, like, not just like oh, hey, Sekiro, like, that sold really well. No, it... it I mean, we didn't, we couldn't stop hearing about it for like a month. Like there was a new article coming out all the time about Elden Ring. It was wild. I don't think anyone could have predicted that wild reception. Yeah, I and I think it's like a from soft fanboy. Right. Well, that and me too. Even though a little less, but you know, I'm a big, fa I'm a fan of those kind of games if they have a cool environment. Like Surge Two, I really liked because the environment. Maybe yeah. less so for some other reasons, but I actually really dive into environment. And fantasy wasn't my thing, but Sekiro, man, I really like that. Maybe it's because I, I I do like the Asian inspired stuff, but with Dark. With Dark Souls, every time I talk to my friends, they'd be like, dude, it has nothing to do with difficulty per se. It's instant difficulty with no ability for your brain to even get a moment like when you sleep after a hard study and your brain rewires everything. And that wasn't possible in a lot of those prior games. And what Elden Ring did was like, okay, listen, we're it's going to be hard at a lot of places. But what we're going to do is allow for you to ride away on your horse and have your brain go, why, why did I get hit so hard? and give that moment and suddenly I had people who would never play those games play them. I mean, I my friend Cadiz, a... well, you've met Cadiz. Cadiz is the guy who, who was always with me on the events mm -hmm. and Cadiz was a Dark Souls hater. He was like, dude, the, why would you, why? Like, why, why even play? You know, he's one of those guys who was just like foot down. He was like, nah, nah, stupid. Nah, I don't want to play it. That's not fun. <laughs> and then he played Elden Ring and was like, oh my God, this is amazing. He's like, because I get it. I he get had it. that, I mean... he had the moment for the respite. You need that second. and. 
Elden Ring's good at giving you. The, the, Elden, Elden Ring was great, like because uh, even though it is a very challenging game, it is kind of like a, a much better, the best introduction rather to like these FromSoft games. Right? Absolutely. Like, like if you if if uh, uh, Cadiz loved Elden Ring, and maybe he particularly loved like uh, when you're in tight close quarters combat in dungeons or uh, you know castles or whatever, you you could steer him to Dark Souls. Uh, it's for sure. Dark Souls it's is. for sure right. Yep. Yep, I think can. there was a weird thing that happened with me where, well, I like like Neo 2 and I like a lot of these uh, Souls-like games, but Dark Souls was never, I never really loved it, never truly appreciated it or whatever, because they funnel you through these daunting areas like poison areas or like shitty ass, like, you know, stuff that when you die, you're like, oh my God, I just got to go do it again. You know, yeah. what I mean? just have to go. <laughs> but like for Elden Ring, I had those moments, but it's not like I walked away, but the idea that I chose to be there like i myself chose to be there made me wanna pursue that or like go for that more so if that makes sense it doesn't really make sense but it's like uh, since they didn't funnel me since in my head it was like okay my choice so subconsciously i was like okay i still yeah. want to do it you know what i mean so i think that's what uh that's what got me to like it way more than uh mm -hmm. than souls yeah yeah johnny go ahead no i agree i think it just no one expected that it was going to be such a mainstream game because Sekiro opened up a bit more to the mainstream. I agree. But realistically, Agreed. it was still technically a niche. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. you still needed a very specific type of person that was willing to go through sort of the, you know, the persistence to. Yeah, like it was popular, but not yeah. like not, exactly. not everyone played it. Yeah. And Elden Ring all of a sudden became something where. The people who were playing like cozy farmer simulators were now <laughs> playing Elden Ring. Yeah, I think even that. my ex girlfriend was playing it. It was weird. Yeah. Like in in the past, like uh, FromSoft games always asked a lot from a player. Like we live in an era, uh, you know, in the games industry where there's a lot of handholding, uh, especially like on the large AAA side. Like, oh, this marker tells me exactly where I need to go, and you know, I've got like. Uh, a UI uh, telling me I've got like three checkboxes I need to tick to progress in this quest or whatever. Um, and FromSoft games have never done that, right? Yeah. They've always obfuscated these things. And Elden Ring still obfuscates a lot of stuff, but it's a much more accessible experience, which is why you're seeing these new types of players come in and like yeah. begin to appreciate it a little bit. Yeah, I think um, also when you look at the overlap, the, I, I dealt with it with Mad Max and Phantom Pain, I remember, uh, Metal Gear, where people are like, it's two desert games. And I'm like, oh my God, are we there? Are we really at this point in our lives where we're like, we can't like two, two games. games at night. <laughs> at two games at oh, night, no. yeah. And I remember seeing in my review, and I was talking at the time, Total Biscuit and some others, and I'm like, dude, this Mad Max game is fucking legit. And I couldn't get people off my back for liking it. They were like, oh, it's a no, I'll just rather play the better desert game. And I'm like, my God, man, my God. The better desert and game. Now desert new, it's yeah. a new genre. It's a and now, now everybody switched, has switched. Right? Yeah, yeah, Mad Max is like, I did that walking the walk for Mad Max and that thing exploded. People were like, dude, <laughs> this game is f legit. But yeah. what I think is, is sucks about this overlap and uh, uh, we can steer clear of any game awards discussion because that's just going to make me negative. But when you look at the year and how it's built... <laughs> In the old days, everybody was built around the retail market, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday deliveries of physical console games to your stores, all that stuff. And Christmas market mattered. That was the only year that everybody worked towards Christmas, blah, blah, blah. And so all, uh, the games industry pretends it's progressive, 
But the one thing that's taken us forever is to realize there's four fucking summer months. Like, I, I don't know what it is about games for the longest time. They, they were notoriously worried about a, a February, March, April. They Like, it just wouldn't happen. I think GTA was one of the first. Am I, am I right that GTA at least originally had planned a, a midsummer launch? Wasn't it GTA 5 that was like, I'm GTA almost sure. GTA 5 was, yeah, around right before summer, I think, like around April or something. Yeah, and I yeah, think yeah. that I remember being at work and seeing the the like the title and stuff and being like, whoa, they're going summer. And I'm like, well, it's GTA. They can go probably whenever they want. Mm-hmm. But, but we're starting to see March. I can't wait until each month is treated as if it is the possibility of being the biggest month. Oh, because dude, like... I love how it also spreads. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but like, no, I love go how for it. it also spreads across like uh, different types of experiences, right? Like, uh, you know, October, November, as you mentioned, have always traditionally been like uh, kind of like triple A season because yeah. that was right in line with Christmas. It worked out because my birthday's in November. So it always <laughs> Whoa, worked out. Right? Mine's yeah. December 28th. So it was all yeah. this that. Big go ahead, David. For you. But like, uh, you know, but like uh, August, September, uh, in my part of the industry, the the smaller indie side is that is like our October, November. You got to get all the games out before October, November, right? Yeah. <laughs> because, they need, because then the, it, it costs so much money to uh, uh, to promote your game because the marketing uh, expenses go way higher right. that season, right? And like, you know, if we're going to take it all the way back, right? Why is E3 in June? E3 is in June because it used to be a showcase for salespeople. Exactly. Like, you would, Thank you. You would, like, you would have like the GameStop rep go, or not the GameStop rep, the electronic boutique. Bo- uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Babbage's rep. Babbage's baby. <laughs> Old school days. Software, <laughs> Inc. or et cetera, whatever. Like they would all show up in Los Angeles. People from all over the world retailers from all over the world yeah right? and it was a dog and pony show to wine and dine like sales people that were going to be like yes i will buy a hundred thousand copies of filling super the Metroid channels for the yeah. super nintendo yeah. you know yeah. um and 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 that is still kind of a, a holdover from way back then uh because you're, you're right i love seeing now that like february march and april are becoming like another launch season. It's like, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm really excited. Elden Ring completely decimated there, you know. Um, got some great stuff coming up in Q1 next year on the uh, AA, AAA side. Like, it's it's going to be good. I will say the one <laughs> thing that really hurt this year, and we saw it, and in, in I'm sure you know numbers more than me, but I can just say from the people I talked to, it was pretty easy to notice that after... Elden Ring and a couple came out, ad dollar, ad spend and all that went so far down because three games, Dying Light, uh, Forbidden West, and that came out at the same time. And I'm still to this day pretty pissed about that because I believe that what happened was we all came into that and we all sort of left. There wasn't anything to carry it. And I I, I was talking to one of the guys uh, who was doing Dying Light too, and I was like, you guys should have just held off for two months. Because there, it would have possibly gathered some of those people that, you know, were coming off the other games, but also the actual input into YouTube itself, I could see was different. So for example, I could release a video in February about anything and do a hundred thousand views because so many people were in, they were in the ecosystem and it was just like pop, 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 pop. And no lie. It actually looked like February was viral for a lot of people because then what happened was March, April, made you all those were terrible there was nothing to cover well there was but you get my drift there wasn't the big games to cover yeah it's like a there is a little bit of a interesting lull there i think maybe it's because traditionally on the game marketing side of things you're kind of your uh i'll call it your preview season 
yeah uh, kind of begins in march uh usually kicks off with either dice or gdc this is where traditionally and i say traditionally because the last two years have been like a huge exception devastated right yeah but like uh you know this is where your reporters would show up and then you're like making these private appointments and then they're writing preview articles or or capturing footage and you see it on GameSpot's front page or whatever um and and that is kind of where marketing starts and then it goes all the way through the summer into the fall when games typically release right so yeah there's like this like kind of built-in lull that could totally be filled in by way more game launches i think but no one's kind of cracked the code yet on uh on maybe uh how to well let me let me take a step back here kind of tough with the last two years because physical events have barely just started coming up now right i'll use physical events as a vehicle for promotion that was kind of taken away now we're all getting back into the swing of things and so we're all kind of going back to normal 2021 was that first step back to normality uh so yeah i don't know uh you're right maybe the may is when people should be releasing all their games <laughs> well it would be nice to just see one because uh, uh i talked about this in a review one day i'm like you can spend the same dollar or you can spend different dollars at the exact same amount on your cart in Amazon, but you can't play the game at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I can buy $180 worth of games, but if I'm not going to, and by the way, I know this because of my Discord, we've got a 1,000 people on my Discord, and to hear how many people didn't go back to Forbidden West because they played Elden Ring and then something new came is quite high. Oh, Dying yeah, Light 2, quite high. So my belief is take lesser sales a month or two later when you can actually get discussion because nobody wanted to discuss dying light Two during Elden ring your video there. It just, it would be impossible. And I did it and I tried, I tested all this. I was like, let's see if this catches on and even your own internals from internal people were just not, they were like, well, that's not Elden ring. I don't give a shit about dying In the light. podcast. We also talked about all their updates and their DLCs and stuff, but yeah. yeah. And uh, I just think that you can, you can, you can buy at the same moment but you can't explore, engage, and talk at the same moment. And what happened, what I noticed was March, April, May, all that kind of stuff. People were either getting new games, playing the same game over, but the big impact of those AAAs was gone already. And so, and there's no launch pin date to where you can restart the conversation. So DLCs have technically done a great job. Valhalla's DLC did excellent. They did their rogue because I wasn't even, I didn't love Valhalla. I, I, I like Vikings, so I thought there were some cool parts, but it was, it, it, it had some issues. And then they've got the roguelike DLC, which suddenly now, you know, you see this massive influx of new gamers. Cyberpunk fixed a great deal of its problems. You see a massive influx of new gamers, but that's pretty rare. It is yeah, really plus, rare. Plus, it's like a YouTube thing where it also influenced the algorithm. Like, I saw a lot of, uh, really new channels, small channels, just blow the fuck up from Elden Ring, you know, just like have yeah. Elden Ring in the yeah. title and say, and it's hard to tell Elden Ring with how like do you naked, tell Co Carnage you know? to go play if he, if he's getting a hundred thousand people watching Elden Ring? Yeah. It's pretty hard to be like, hey man, you know, it, it, they try because I talk to Co. I know he tries. Like he and mm-hmm. I, that's one of the reasons I talk to him because I most Twitch streamers, I I don't like the invite. I don't like the environment. And I talk to him and I sort of get an idea of what he's trying to do. I'm like, okay, I got you. I see what, I, I like the way you're doing things. And even even with that, even if you have somebody who really champions your game, it's hard to get traction when the other 17 Oh yeah, you could see it where he's Elden playing Ring. like, he's playing like a big game like Elden Ring and then he plays something like- He does Elden it on purpose. Yeah, we talked about that. He, he was, was like, yeah, yeah. sort of a palate cleanser and also lets him get some people in there that, because like, especially when you look at um, Steel Rising or something, where the only thing Steel Rising had going for it was Elden Ring Renaissance Robot. 
like it was like souls keywords. like type shit yeah, yeah, yeah it was like keywords yeah so you get a couple people on there and maybe you live off a little bit of the elden rings love and then you get people into that but it's really hard because there's no dates there were dates in those first couple months but then after that there was no date where you knew everybody would wake up and that's what they'd be talking about mm. dlc did a pretty good job though and cyberpunk like i said hats off to him uh i think revolting in a ton of different ways with how that was all handled but they definitely patched up their game and we've seen like a huge, you know, huge influx there. But and it's the, pretty rare. the thing you always talk about with the convergence of media and games. Yeah. You know, the thing. Well, the, the TV hit, show. The the anime was such Edge a Runners hit. helped, man. It just Edge it Runners just did. Oh, yeah. It, it shot helped. up their player base. Shot up their concurrent player base. To 100,000. Yeah. yeah. St starring David Martinez. So really yeah. happy. Uh, right, I am the main yeah. character. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I was. You had me. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Okay. The protagonist is yeah. David. By yeah. the way, for I watchers, if people are like, are Johnny and David related? No, just look at the hair. Oh yeah, right? just they, yeah. Oh, 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 look, hair. yeah. <laughs> one not. looks like John Romero. The other one right, looks like yeah. John from a mob movie. So <laughs> probably not. John Smith. <laughs> John Smith. Um, it, it, I think, dude, that's what's exciting though. Um, is is the DLC of fixes? I don't want every game to do this. No Man's Sky is obviously probably the best example of a game where you see what something can happen. And I do believe No Man's Sky is helped because of the way it's programmed, the general pr procedural. It's not the same yeah. where a person mm -hmm. goes in and adjusts very particular, that their improvements are based and available for them versus other companies. But um, it is nice to see some of these companies that do have a bad start um, get to see success. Edge Runners is one of those first ones where we get to see the yeah. show, you know, really like, explode the game the there are very little i mean uh, off the top of my head it's only edge runners castlevania and like the arcane one from league that could I we say really walking like, uh, walking dead maybe telltale telltale worked off the walking dead not the opposite yeah. um so yeah. yeah then you got the halo one <laughs> yeah well witcher also kind of <laughs> right. yeah. oh witcher yeah you yeah, know Witcher but is Witcher's really. driven also by Henry Cavill being one of the most charismatic yes. nerds that ever but, existed. But he, oh, won't be in, so. he won't be in the new season. He won't be in the new it's season. Gonna be, uh, I'll yeah. watch it because I, 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 you know, I'll watch it to see. I'm, I'm not really tied into him. I, I, but he is very cool. I mean, he's, he's one of those guys who's probably more popular now because he's a nerd than Superman. I mean, not to be rude yeah. to him, but he's not the greatest actor. So it's, and, and, and <laughs> that's fine. He's pretty wooden, which is why he worked for Geralt. <laughs> I mean, it's not like you're asking Geralt to be like. You mean in terms of range? Yeah, Geralt isn't like a typical range. Uh, usually uh, indicates three or four spaces. <laughs> they, uh, he's, he's, he's more like one or two. I, I, dude, like I love him. Bond. I love him in certain yeah, things, right? Yeah. But um, he's great. And you can have too much range, like Nicolas Cage, where you're like, dude, this guy's schizophrenic. <laughs> so yeah. yeah but yeah. um, but yeah, man, it, it's 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 exciting to see Edge Runners having done that. I had forgotten about that. Do you think, David, when you look at these kind of things, um, we talk, we call them water cooler moments. Don't know what they're called anywhere else. But I love it when a TV show and a movie, a game. And and so now you're talking to your dad about a game and he's like, well, we watched the show and you're like, what the fuck? That's all. You know, we're all doing like we're all um, it's like the stuff Final Fantasy used to try like for years. Right? Yeah, they tried. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you do you see more of those coming? Is there anything in your not even just your future? I didn't mean to say it that way, but in gaming's future, another IP that you think we might see where it's like, you oh, have like, the, I, I mean, like, I'm not going to even try to take a guess. I mean, 
uh about which you know which game might make the next jump i mean i i'm kind of tired of seeing resident evil continuously fail at doing this <laughs> yeah, now, right but... <laughs> sometimes you shouldn't jump anymore sometimes oh, yeah, resident it's like, evil is the other one right yeah. I, i'm kind of i'm kind of like uh i am kind of eager to see what uh gears of war might be like with a oh Dave me Batista. too mm-hmm. like me yeah, oh, no, yeah I, I like true. Dave Batista as as an actor in general like I wasn't Batista in the games or no like a vocal like a vo- no okay no okay. no like uh i like it's terrible like so i never watched uh wwe when he was in it i watched it when i was a kid me too uh, yeah but, but not so much during his era so i actually didn't know much about dave batista until he played drax in guardians of the galaxy and then i started consuming some of his other stuff like this guy's pretty cool yeah like he's, yeah. there's a there's a trailer for a new m night Shyamalan movie which i i haven't cared about m night Shyamalan for probably like a decade now right right but yeah. this new one it looks really sinister and and David David Batista's in it as well, and his character uh, seems to be like a really reasonable guy, even though he looks like you know very unreasonable. Just yeah, he's a big whole <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, dude, um, imposing figure. But uh, uh, I'm really curious. Anyways, I think he could do uh, justice with uh, with gears if he's in it. He has the build for certainly. Oh yeah. For- yeah. Well, I mean, come <laughs> yeah. on. He looks yeah. like he was born. It looks like an artist sketched him to be Marcus. They, or not Marcus. Uh, would that be Dom or Marcus? He um, doesn't even need to wear armor. One of they them. Could, they could just give him a leotard and put like yeah. armor yeah. armor decals on it, and he would yeah. just fill yeah. it up. <laughs> I think also. Um, you know, you get a lot of people who are sort of happy that they, you know, I think for a long time, especially with artists, they were like, well, I, I didn't even watch Halo and I'm making a Halo movie. And you're like, all right, I don't know <laughs> how that makes sense to you, but whatever. One of the things I liked is Cliffy when um, when uh, Batista put out his Twitter and he was like, I can't make it any easier than this, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Cliff was like, internally, they had talked about shows for years and they were like, he is the one that they had always said. It just makes, I mean, makes sense. Look it at him. Just, look at him. Yeah, it just makes sense. And uh, yeah. and no helmet doesn't cost as much as the rock either, right? So probably not, but is also less um, characterized than the rock. I think. I True. think. I think Drax shows that comedic timing is different. That you know, like right. his comedic timing is different than the rocks. I don't know how to describe yeah. it. You always yeah. sort of and Drax gets his ass kicked, and like thinks he didn't, where the rock gets his ass kicked, and you know he'll kick ass later. And mm-hmm. so there's this lack of worry or fear or, or whatever with that particular type of character where Batista does good. He did that zombie movie, which I loved, where they went to L.A. and or they went to Vegas and pulled off like that. a heist. <clears throat> yeah. He Blade and, Runner a little bit. He's in Blade he's in Runner. Good. He was really yeah. good in Blade, Blade Runner, all old yeah. looking and oh, shit, all in, beat yeah. up. And in, uh, he was also in Dune. Like, he was in Dune. Yeah, oh, I forgot yeah, all about yeah. that. He's had some huge True. roles. Yeah. yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He also, I also think he he is. Uh, I think he's kind of underrated as an actor. I feel yeah. like his range oh, yeah. is pretty. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, pretty good. He's yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what it I was, was trying to say. To was because... I think he got lucky getting Drax earlier? Is what I was saying <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, because yeah. because <laughs> then he sort of got to range. He got to also yeah. see everybody else. For example, Gamora isn't really ever funny. Her one liners are, but she's very strict. You know, she has her strict stuff, so he can see that person act. And how that person tries to do comedic timing in their role and all this. And I think that that was a, a really good role for him to get first. And it, it shows in his acting chops are just better. I mean, I, and I, by the way, I've seen his WWE stuff. It ain't great. Um, I think he was known more for being big and scary than he yes. was for when he you got know. to the WWE scene. We were all like Batista. He's yeah. The guy, and, you know? But he's then like you the, see him in acting dude. and you're yeah. like, whoa, versus a lot of times like the Hulk Hogan's of the era where you're like, when <laughs> yeah. he acts, you're all, oh, my God, they filmed I, this. Like, I think yeah, it's like acting... sometimes. Sorry. Sorry. Go on. 
No, I was just saying like sometimes you see WWE um, characters or whatever in movies and you're like, oh, it's like a gimmick. Like this is a WWE guy in there, but he's a genuine actor, right? Right. And that's why it surprises you so much when he actually like he knows how to act. And you're like, oh, (laughs) dude, his comedian. He is to me the funniest in Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, his delivery of shit, you know. When he's like, yeah, if nothing goes he, over my head, I would catch uh, it. And you're just like, oh my God, this guy's awesome. Yeah, in, in a way, it wouldn't work it would. if he didn't have that physique. Because yeah, right. it's just like part of his delivery and the timing and like the tempo, everything about it. Like he's a big guy this and he's goofy. Big, chunky well remember johnny when he pretend when he thinks he's invisible because he's not moving that's like yeah. what a child does yeah. a yeah, child yeah. says like, i can't see you so you can't yeah. see me yeah. the tree yeah, yeah. oh yeah. dude you can't see me you can't see me yeah i i'm slowly <laughs> eating right now and you're like this guy is legitimately funny and um mm. because that could have been delivered by somebody else and not been fun it would have been like instead you, his blank look you're just like yeah. dude it's yeah. because of his physique it. and like his history yeah. right he's like this big scary guy doing i think water stuff. cooler moments shit. you guys were right you mentioned resident evil we've seen them try <laughs> star trek has tried and failed even though i want it to succeed mm. um I, I like i would love to orville could probably succeed but uh star wars has succeeded at times despite yes. itself but i think monster hunter has some potential for an anime or something oh, like okay. that to come not out. The movie. Really hit. Not that no, movie. No, the movie didn't work. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, because the, the issue bad. is... Yeah, it, was it was just really bad. Final there, Fantasy right. Advent Children was good. The cartoon. Yeah, Advent I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I replayed the, the the seven remake and now I like it. Whereas before I used to hate on it a lot. Good man. So. See, you were wrong. I was wrong. Wait, you, you played remake and didn't like it originally, but now you played it originally, again. but now I played it again and I was like, damn, this is good. <laughs> I mean, aside from not being able to jump and there's a bunch of flying characters, it's pretty, enemies, I it's think pretty um, good. a big thing was I played on PS4 at 30 FPS. So the combat oh, yeah. maybe just like, a, you know, didn't really, the I didn't really doors, with they fixed the blurry doors. doors, all that shit. Yeah. So when <laughs> I glaucoma at 60, doors. Yeah. I mean that shit. Those the f the the textures in those were straight up N sixty four. Like yeah. I'm sorry, who I, I I thought it was a joke when I was reviewing. It. I was like, there's no way. I mean, it's Imagine a door. Who gives a shit? But it, you see a lot of doors. Doing the doors. Yeah, oh, dude, that guy doesn't have a job anymore. But it was it was a mind fuck, dude. I I came out of it. I was like, what the fuck just happened, dude? I feel yeah. like you have to play the original to truly understand what no, the fuck the is thing going is, on. You even know? if you did, you don't so. really because. The thing that's confusing is all the ghosts. It's like, yeah, and weird that's shit. not in the original. So yeah, you, multiple realities. I don't know what the fuck, you know. So there, was, there are there are like know. many fan theories. It's still not like settled what that exactly is. I'm excited so for the pre prequel coming out soon. But anyway, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But basically, by the way, like long story short, the <laughs> ghosts are currently viewed. Why are as we the, talking about fan? <laughs> I keep no, trying to move on. <laughs> okay, go ahead. You, it, I'm holding you to this. It's, go. It's like the, the the fan police, right? So whenever the story is about to take a turn to go different yeah, than the original, yeah, the ghosts are like the, the ghosts show original, up. Yeah, and they the fate pu- put it back people. into motion like to go the way it was expected. yeah yeah and then everything hell breaks loose but anyways yeah right, sorry let's move on that was a weird tangent <laughs> we always have weird cha- i'm not pissed off we always have weird <laughs> tangents i just didn't know where that one in particular was going because uh, i was like we could talk a long time about that game and everybody would just leave oh, yeah. uh david mm-hmm. did you do final fantasy 7 remake uh so i did play it not all the way to completion uh but i did play through it and i enjoyed it 
I am a fan of the original. I know. Uh, that's why I'm at that. So, yeah. That's what... Like, uh, like I've got like, I don't think you could see it behind me. I've got a whole bunch of like old Famicom, oh, yeah. like Final And Fantasy you streamed cards. it for a while on Twitch. You streamed a lot a of games bit. on yeah, Twitch. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I, I loved streaming retro stuff. I wish I had time for it still. But like, uh, yeah, I did play the remake and I and I did enjoy it. Uh, I'm curious if they're going to have a way to save Ares this time or not. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the thing you don't know now because shit's changed like fate or whatever so you you're like wait is she actually gonna die this time so i mean is you know it it has been like 77 years i feel like so i don't know if we can spoiler alert something that that's that's like saying the ending of the bible involves black it's like i think we yeah, we're there yeah. um but yeah. it is exciting to see what's exciting to me is gaming is now so so this is a, a negative and a positive gaming is like a lot of chaff now and before anybody else jumped in johnny and i were talking about this whether it be youtube facebook whatever getting everybody pinpointed on the one thing is almost impossible now and i'm sure pr feels this as well where it's like you're trying to fight but then a tv show comes out and you're like shit because it doesn't even have to be the same thing anymore because now we all imbibe all the it's like there's so much of this stuff it's overlapping which is why i was talking about water cooler moments but it is interesting to me and it's awesome to me that we have final fantasy remake coming out um admittedly i told johnny for three years on the podcast he was i was like every time johnny'd say it was coming it out i'm like you're li i'm lying it's never happening <laughs> like there's never there because remember it got delayed then it got split into two then three games and i was like dude that's such a disaster it got out and it did well yeah. And it did its own thing, its complete own thing, well. And we see all of these kinds of different kind of games where it's like you get a brand new style game or you get a game like, um, you know, Dark Souls goes a certain way, then Elden Ring sort of changes it up. I don't care what anybody says, man. Even if all this chaff destroys everything, it's a good time to be a gamer. Because I was playing, I, and we're going to jump to this right now. I was playing some games on Game Pass, and I reviewed two of them. Um, Somerville and Pentiment, two games that could not be more different. Yeah. It, yeah. it is absolutely hilarious and amazing that Somerville is all vibe and atmosphere and barely any story you can even glean to. But you're just like, dude, I'm, I'm with this. And then you play Pentiment and it's the same way if you like that kind of thing, but it's very niche. I mean, mm -hmm. Sawyer was like, dude, I got an idea. Let's niche within a niche within a niche within a niche and then make it so that when you get in there, we're going to take a while to get started. And you're just yeah, like, dude, I, this is awesome. Like, dude, I never play like Pentiment, those types of historical. You would never buy it. You would, would never buy never, it. But it's Obsidian and I love Obsidian. And, you could still and feel... it's on Game Pass and it's yeah. it's awesome. I didn't love yeah. it, but I can tell it's awesome. Like, it's not mm. for me, but I'm like, dude, that game is wicked I the, like i think that the great part about it if you know uh if we're talking like kind of inside baseball is that this is like josh sawyer's passion project right uh so i i actually have like a small anecdote here um so the last time i saw josh sawyer like in person was in 2018 at gamescom so we're in cologne and we literally passed by each other um in front of this big cathedral that they call the Dom. Uh, it's like uh, one of the few cathedrals in Germany that, that still stands after World War, after all the wars that have taken place over there. And we're, we're literally crossing paths. Hey, how are you doing? Because we've known each other for a little bit. Like I was his PR guy for Pillars of Eternity back in like 2014, did like a press tour with him in San Francisco and another one in, at Gamescom that year. 
2014 before the game came out in 2015. Um, so we know each other. Uh, and, uh, and he was talking to me about an idea for a game that he had. Uh, and he didn't tell me what the game was, but just that he was really, uh, he was toying around and tinkering with an idea that he's been playing with in his mind for quite a long time. And he was talking to me a little bit about what that might look like to have like a smaller publisher publish it. This is before they were acquired by Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is like August 2018. I think Obsidian was acquired by Microsoft, or at least it was announced like later that year. They're, they were probably uh, working on Outer Worlds at the time, right? Probably. Is there, I don't think he was oh. though. I think oh, I don't okay. think he was directing. No, he anything. wasn't. He wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like he had just uh, he was uh, he was at Gamescom because he was promoting uh, Pillars of Eternity to Deadfire. Uh, or maybe it was about to come out. I can't remember exactly what it was, mm-hmm. but the guy loves Germany. Clearly, by Pentiment, you could tell he loves yeah. Germany. Uh, so he's like, like he he's learned German. Uh, he was like a history major. Uh, you know, any chance he could take to go to GSA, like G- Germany, Switzerland, Austria, like he will do it in a heartbeat. Well, that makes uh, sense because holy shit, in Pentiment, you get so many names and historical references. Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that again, a, a huge Patrick project for him. But uh, when I saw Pentiment finally release it, I went back in my mind to this conversation. And I was like, wow, like he's been thinking about this for so long. Yeah. Uh, and it's awesome to finally see it out there. Like he, he's put himself into this game. It's it's cool too because uh, awesome. I'm sure you knew this, David. But he had stated recently on uh, uh, one of the more official podcasts, he had stated that you know without Game Pass, he wouldn't have. It would it would have been ask. almost impossible. You yeah. know, he was open about it. He was like, it would have been almost impossible to do what we planned on doing. And I mm-hmm. guess he he stated this. He showed Microsoft an idea and a little bit, and they were like, "That's awesome. Just go make it." And he was like, "Dude, that would never have happened. It would. It just." Was this, uh- was this a Maddie's podcast? The the one with the the Dukes? No, another one. No, okay. no. This was an official podcast. Like uh, one, it has like Xbox in the name. Like I can't remember, mm. but um, and and it was cool to see him it, sort of like talking about, you know, just exactly how much Game Pass allowed for that to happen, and and it yeah. probably could have happened otherwise in some other way, but it would have been harder. And I mean, it, like first off, it's like a, it, when you think about it, right? Microsoft is probably at this point just acquired. Uh, obsidian so if you if you want to show that you want to be a good partner you being the the company that has just purchased a a smaller company i'll be a a large independent developer uh you you probably want to support what it is that your developers want to do anyways number two uh maybe maybe uh josh would have uh considered leaving obsidian if uh, if he couldn't do the passion project that he wanted uh you know he he is he's got such a large name he could he could at any point go off and do his own thing and people would listen, right? Uh, I, I'm glad that he got to make the game that he wanted to. And I think that uh, Game Pass affords the ability for a lot of studios to take this chance. Like on our side of it too, we kind of see this sometimes. Like we have a game that came out this year uh, called Norco. It came out in March. Yeah. Uh, and it just came out on console uh, yesterday. Yeah, today's the 18th. Yeah, it just came out on console yesterday, PlayStation, Xbox. You can play it on Game Pass. Um, when we signed the game, uh, you know, it's not like we can go to Microsoft and be like, Hey, we're going to sign this. Would you give us money? It doesn't work that way. Right. So we signed the game and then we were able to get a game pass deal after, uh, having it in our portfolio unannounced for a little bit of time. And it was awesome that Microsoft like, you know, took this chance on us and also, you know, gave us a little bit of money, which went to toward paying the development makes makes the game financially successful also makes it go to like a wider audience like the game won a, an award at tribeca it's nominated for a 
game award this year. Um, you know, uh, we're talking about Norco, right? Yeah, Not Pentiment for those yeah, yeah, two yeah. things. Okay, just yeah, making yeah. sure. Sorry. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I saw I saw the tweets about Pentiment not being. Uh, yeah, yeah. Words. I, uh, the, <laughs> dude, the thing about Pentiment too is, um, the the thing about Game Pass is, you know, there's people who are like, I worry that in ten years Game Pass could do this. I worry in ten years that we won't have a solar flare. Like, I worry. I've I, I, like at some point, especially if you're like me, I've had cancer. I don't worry about shit at all like so i i see what the idea is but i'm not going to sit there and rue about it if a good game like pentiment comes out on game pass mm -hmm. to me that's a worry that is so far beyond any no any point, real right? it's it, it, there's no point mm -hmm. and what we get is a title that won a ton of awards a, or, or not ton of awards sorry what got a ton of of tens got a ton of perfects it's yeah, on game pass critically acclaimed, hands critically down. acclaimed. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, every developer I talk to, and I reach out the moment I find out about a game doing well or doing poorly, or I'm reviewing a game, I'll reach out to the developers and I'll say like, would this, because I want to talk about it on podcasts. I'll be like, would this impact you? Would that impact you? And I can guarantee, guarantee you that when people see Pentiment getting tens, they're like, what? I'm sorry, what? And they look at Game Pass and they're all, well, wait, okay. Now there might be a way to do this other game that is that we've been thinking of that maybe we have a lot of time invested, but we couldn't pull the trigger. Pulling the trigger didn't make sense. But then you go to Microsoft and you have more or you're ready or there's a bit of jealousy and they're worried you're going to go to Sony. Like Sony's worried they're you're going to go to Microsoft. That's It's okay to have jealousy in a relationship. There needs to be a little bit of that worry, you know, and it doesn't matter. We start to see these games. Somerville's the same way. Somerville scored a, in a particular different style but it was liked for a different reason, but they both came out in the same goddamn week. And now you got Norco on there and you got all these titles on Game Pass. And what that does is it allows for some of these smaller developers to say, you know what, man, let's do this. Let's do this odd style game that we don't have to do on Android, not to diss on mobile. But, you know, a lot of games come out on Android or come out on iPhone that I've looked at and been like, man, if that had, you know, 20, 30 more grand, stepped up its graphics a little bit. It could have been awesome on Game Pass or whatever, and now we see those kind of games coming out. And to me, yeah. it's it's incredible. I'm, I, I was playing Flight... I, I just want to point this out. I played fi Flight Simulator on Cloud on the same day I played Pentiment. Th there is no two different degrees of technology <laughs> other than me just smashing rocks in my backyard. Like, that's how different those two games are, both on Game Pass. And mm. it's, it's mind-blowing. Sorry, what were you going to say, David? I was just going to say, like, for Somerville, like, it's it's such a wonderful story, right? Because, you know, you have Dino Patti. He's left Play Dead. He starts uh, Jump Ship, the name of the studio, right? Uh, moves uh, from Denmark, because uh, he's Danish, uh, over to the uh, to England, to Guildford, I think is where Jump Ship's at, uh, and starts this whole new studio, right? Uh, you know, they get a Game Pass deal that pays for part of the development. That's amazing. Like, they're already self-funding development, and now here they are getting, like, a nice monetary gift in exchange yeah. for putting this on Microsoft's platform and also like introducing the world to their new studio. Um, and then on top of that, like, uh, you know, game comes out on Monday and they uh, announced that they've been acquired by Thunderful. So now, so now they're like a, a, a studio that has the backing of a much larger publisher, uh, which is awesome. So they can keep making games, which is what Dino wants to do. He's, he's that kind of guy. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I've ever mentioned it to you, but when I was like a, like a, a maybe six months into this industry, 
I I got to work on Limbo when it was. Oh no, you didn't. Oh, you had you had mentioned that. that fucking game, dude. Yeah. Holy shit, I love that I, game. Anyways, yeah. I I don't think I've ever told this story on a podcast, but I remember the first time that they showed Limbo to media. It was in this office that I worked at here in San Francisco, uh, uh, at the PR firm I was at, uh, and they had this conference room that had like no natural light. It was like an all brick building in an older, uh, not like an older building, like an industrial part of San Francisco that's now turned into like a much more commercial area. And uh, if you guys remember Limbo, there's like the opening sequence and you're obviously dying a bunch of times as a little boy in black and white. And then you get to that spider and that's like the the first real tricky puzzle. Um, And that was the, the, the demo that they showed. They had, they sat journalists down in this dark ass room with a TV, handed them a controller and said nothing. They said nice. zero things about what the game was or anything. It was like play. And that was it. Um, so so I cut my teeth on the uh, preview and review campaign when it came out on Xbox Live uh, Summer Ar- Summer of Arcade. That yeah, Summer thing. of Arcade. Yeah. <laughs> Back in like 2010 or whatever. Um, yeah, that was like my first like true game event uh experience was getting to help out a little bit on that game and then later that summer helping it launch so uh so seeing seeing dino you know kickstart this whole new thing has been really cool like i've ran into him a couple times since he started jump ship once at gdc and once at a festival in brazil where he was a keynote speaker and we sat down and had lunch and um you know it was just it's just awesome to to finally see it take off to see them get the game pass deal to see them be acquired i'm assuming that's okay what you, wanted. you know like, what's weird I, yeah. I have a question for you david i don't know i don't know I've, I've talked about this before but it seems like so devs are reporting game pass is truly helpful for them it's getting wider reach and they're getting money for it uh microsoft is claiming that game pass is making them money right it's profitable mm-hmm. and then it's a good deal for consumers so who is losing there because it just doesn't make Ooh. sense to me because in in business someone has to be losing so i just want to Abzi, this is such a, this is quite the conversation. Uh, I think I've had this conversation with various people since 2018, 2019, right? Like kind of what is the cultural impact of, of Game Pass, right? Because if you are receiving money because Microsoft from Microsoft because they want your game, does that mean we're all going to start making games that we only think Microsoft's going to want? Is this where game design starts to True. go? Right. right. Blessing and a curse. Right. Because on one mm-hmm. hand, what if you want to make a game, but it's the kind of game that won't get picked up by Microsoft? Do you still make it? Uh, or, you know, do you take that chance like uh, like Josh Sawyer did with Pentiment? A little easier for him, obviously, because he's got the name attached uh, uh, to the project and also uh, now works at a studio that's wholly owned by Microsoft. But yeah, it's tough. Right. Uh, speaking about Game Pass, it's like um, I, I think Phil Spencer recently said that uh console growth of game pass has really slowed down yeah they've got pc like, uh, is done well but console is slowed down yeah yeah c- because there's so much more room on pc right yeah but on uh xbox consoles current gen or or maybe i don't know if this is current gen or both uh last gen and this gen put together but they've got like 60 million uh consoles in households and like 25 million total game pass subscribers you know, at some point you're just gonna, I think he said it, at some point you're just gonna reach the amount of people that really want it and the rest of the people have decided they don't. So the rest of the growth is on PC. Um, you know, which also, uh, this, sorry, this is getting to your question, Abzi, I promise. Oh, it's um, all good. No, take your time. When you think about the slowed growth on console, that might mean that uh, slow growth on console means less money to be doled out for some of these uh, uh, Game Pass exclusives. So now 
we might be in a position where Microsoft's offering less money than they were for the same game or same type of game like a year or two ago. Do you still make that game? Is it still worth it? I don't know, man. It's a tough one. But I, I think in most cases, at least in the for smaller projects, we are seeing enough money coming from guaranteed revenue deals from Game Pass uh, and Microsoft. And they're not the only deal in town, by the way. But like a lot of a lot of the time, this revenue is paying for the lion's share of development. And when you're Crazy. a studio trying to keep your doors open, that's mm -hmm. a huge deal. So will it turn into something like a cultural phenomenon in a couple of years where studios are only making games that might get a Game Pass deal? I hope not. But uh, I guess it just seems very varied. You know, there doesn't seem to be like when I think of PlayStation exclusives, I think of a certain type of third person ad action adventure game. Right. Mm -hmm. I look at like Game Pass or Microsoft. It's like it's all over the place. Like, I don't know how if there's like a certain direction people go for Microsoft. Like I see like first person RPGs to like top down RPGs to like fucking racing games to, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's just like very, very to for me to see there's like a direct I don't know, maybe devs see that, but I don't see like a like a specific way. Um, I, I don't know. see a pattern either, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like uh, a little bit of it is like, you know, what's the kind of relationship that you have uh, with Microsoft? You know, there are very specific individuals that you will need to talk to to kind of pitch your game to get these deals signed. There's only a, uh, a few decision makers, uh, you know, that will give the, the yes or the no. Uh, so I'm sure a lot of it has to deal with just a, a little bit of who do you know and how well do you know them and stuff obviously the pedigree of a studio or a publisher you know comes into effect uh because ultimately even microsoft isn't playing like the full version of a game and then deciding if it goes on their platform they're also yeah. Yeah. taking that same gamble that, that publishers are mm -hmm. uh you know by uh guaranteeing money six months one year two years out from a game coming out you know so um I think the reason why I say I don't care is because throughout history, there's always been somebody who bucks the trend and mm. I don't see everybody going to game pass because somebody's not going to want to go to game pass. Uh, yeah. Just humans. Um, also every, luckily people are still humping, which means more kids, which means more people coming into games. <laughs> <laughs> and so not everybody's going to have played the original final fantasy. It's one of the reasons why I get so angry when I hear somebody say, well, you've never played a game until you played the S. Oh, that yeah. dude wasn't yeah, alive. Really you, that dude wasn't yeah. even a sperm at that time. Right, like, why right. are you telling him that it makes it, it's a complete gate kind of crap that I hate. That, but then, yeah, that, yeah, that kind of gatekeeping is awful. Like, I think it's one thing to like, want to share what the past was like you know uh, like i'll give a quick anecdote like my daughter who's 10 i got two kiddos and she's the older one she loves she loves horror stuff she won't watch a horror movie she kind of plays uh or watches youtube videos of horror games and we're mm -hmm. playing the original resident evil like the ps1 that's my favorite uh, one still I, it's, it's great <laughs> yeah. the it's a puzzle control, game it's a puzzle game. it is it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a puzzle game with tension yeah. uh but the tank controls are very yeah. much antiquated <laughs> yeah but uh but i wanted to show it to her just to to give her an idea of like hey like some of the stuff that you're watching on youtube is inspired by this game here mm -hmm. you know not what? making fun of her though or, or whatever but i think the difference is is that's inclusion versus exclusion yeah, which is what you're getting you're, at. That's what, that's is what I'm getting at. And when mm -hmm. I, when you say, hey, you like this, let me show you something. And if you don't want to do said something, you're not going to be excluded. We're still going to talk about this. Listen, I can sit in my Discord and have somebody tell me for 10 hours why they're not buying a PlayStation 5. If we're talking, And I'm like, I don't know why you're here. 
if you're not buying, if we're talking about PlayStation Five right now, why would you want to be on the podcast? You can tell us for ten <laughs> hours why you're not, you're, why you're not going to be in the conversation. Now, there's times where I want those conversations, but most of the time, in I want inclusion of somebody saying, I'm going to bring something to this combo or to this games or or to your experience with games. This exclusionary shit that I see is what bothers me when somebody says, oh, you haven't done, you know, until you played the original Afterburner. I'm like, what? They're not bald because you're going to be 46. You're fucking yeah. <laughs> you're you're probably like me where you're sedentary. You're 46. Why are you telling somebody they have to play Afterburner before they play Ace Combat? Like it makes yeah. no fucking sense. And you haven't even really played Afterburner because you weren't in the sit down cabinet. That like I was, baby. Puking. Let's play 50 that. cents. Back in the day when a when truly deluxe games only were 50 cents, not yeah. five bucks. But what I'm getting at is you see all these kind of things, and um, it, it I personally believe that the um, the so what what's the one person Unreal game I always bring up and now I forgot the name Sunshine Blight uh Bright Bright Sunshine or whatever it's S the Sunset, Sunset Overdrive no it's uh it's no, called no, like it's, it's the Samurai Blade really crystalline looking cyberpunk game and it was made by one person I think it was called Sunshine something but anyway he made it by himself you see these people with Unreal Unreal has become this incredible engine of creation where people who are sitting, including myself, who I'm consistently programming in there um, so that I know about the games I'm covering. I think that's sort of vital, but I'm sitting there going, holy shit, a normal person like myself can make something and can go like, for example, Pentiment. We've seen choice of games for years, um, but they haven't usually had graphics in the same way, blah, blah, blah. Well, really what Sawyer did was make a choice of game, but with graphics like that is what he did. It tracks some things. It does. That's that's awesome. We see that. I think that our worry about PS now, um, which, by the way, Game Pass isn't your first service. There's been tons of services prior. I, I don't think those have an impact that people really understand because they might have an impact for some of those people who are brand new to it. But there's people from India. India's gaming growth is incredible. You have these people from other continents that are finally getting into gaming that maybe their nation doesn't even allow gaming. We're also seeing some places shut down for gaming, Blizzard. including China. Yeah. Right. Um, so I'm just excited because I think that, yeah, Game Pass is there. We're seeing a slowdown on console, but I think in all honesty, um, we haven't seen the games. We've seen an amazing smorgasbord of games, but their identity is lack of identity on Game Pass. I think I think we can all agree that is their identity. That Game Pass games don't have an identity like a Sony third person Spider Man yeah. Horizon. Last, uh, what was the other one? Um, well, Last of Us. But what's Uncharted? the driving one? What's the motorbike? Mur, 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 the Days Gone. Uh, oh, okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I at some point they'll get those, but I just personally don't worry about that stuff in the future because I, I mean. What what's the worry gonna do for you? It, it, like, if I was in charge, maybe I'd worry. But as a podcaster, I'm like, there's only some it's things I can right. I can yeah. tell you, uh, you know, to worry about this. But at the same time, I'm saying that I can't sit here and pretend to you that I don't wake up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night in excitement when I see a new Unreal released. I mean, it's it's mind blowing. I grew up when you had to use basic assembly language to make a game. 10 go to 20 go sub go to. 1000 <laughs> and remember, now yeah, I, I remember that uh john uh john carmack, john carmack talk yeah where, that's where when i programmed man trs80 
yeah, yeah. And, and 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 redrawing uh, images was like a crazy big deal yep yep yeah, because yeah. it drew by line in a certain way and yeah, he fooled yeah. So it he had like yeah. A, yeah and scrolled it up or something like he drew a line and then scrolled it but up but what i'm saying screen. is i i just Anyways. think for now there's nothing to worry about and in the future maybe there will be but i mean the thing is is if if microsoft doesn't do it sony would if sony and microsoft don't do it nintendo after they get off the pot stop smoking the pot and start realizing the internet's on at some point they would do it you know, I think Nintendo's so far behind the game on online stuff that they don't even really realize what's going on. But at some point they will. You're going to get these companies who move forward regardless if Microsoft does. And at least I know, at least I, the devil I know, like I know Microsoft. I'm like, all right, I know your game. You know, Phil Spencer, I know what you, you know, he'll be like, I love all games. You'd be like, not all games, <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. I, I just don't worry about it, man. In fact, I embrace it because this is the best time to have a friend get into gaming. I've had people who love movies and I was, my dad, I was showing him Hunter uh, Simulator. My dad's a huge hunter. He can't hunt anymore because he's too old. He's got like arthritis and shit. And I showed him Call of the Wild and Hunting Simulator. And I just made like three minute videos and made them private on YouTube for him. And like his response was like, that's, but that's real. Like that looks like you're outside walking around. And to me, that's more exciting than worrying about Game Pass. I guess I just don't worry anymore. Like, I, I, I think in overall, it takes care of itself at some point. Like, I think I think we're pretty good at that. I do. I think self-governing, we're pretty actually pretty good about it. You know, maybe we even govern too much when it comes to games. But I don't know. That's just me. My hope is, is that we continue to see, um, you know, services that let more people get in. Like, I love it. And if Mike, Mike, did you guys see that thing where Microsoft is like, at some point we have to raise the price. And all of a sudden the new headlines to clickbait headlines were like, Microsoft's raising the price, $3,000 and you're first born. <laughs> it's like, it's not what happened. He just said in the future, we may have to raise the price. And when you look at the price now, you're like, we're getting a deal. So, you know, that kind of stuff will happen too. And that'll, that'll, that'll cost affect some people out of the game. But man, I couldn't be happier about gaming. I can't be happier that you can also, like you were showing your daughter, uh, I think you were saying Resident Evil, but it's like you can emulate that. You can go play the original hardware. You can play a remake of it. There's something magical about having 10 experiences for something you had as a kid. You know, your original experience, your remake experience, your emulated experience. It, it, gaming is awesome, man. And like, I see a lot of people who are naked. Yeah, I know a lot of people are complaining about too many remakes, but I love that we're at the at the time and age where we are remaking those old classics yeah and giving some new life who wants to play them, tank man. controls in resident evil let's ship them sucked <laughs> <laughs> it sucked i like uh, yeah. i no, no, you i get the people that dude like, i'm jesus the charm, I'm right? it was then the that charm. i carried you baby it was then that i carried you the, the one yeah, line yeah. in the sand was my footsteps because i played resident evil you uh, didn't have to. There, there is mm. a there's a game that just came out recently called Signalis, which is kind oh, of yeah, like, oh yeah, Signalis, yeah, yeah, inspired yeah. by Resident Evil. And I, booted, <laughs> I booted it up, and the first question in my mind was, "Is it going to be tank control? Yeah, or right. Not yeah, right. It was yeah. not tank control. So I'm like, all right, cool. I lived yeah. through that era. Don't need to live through it anymore. Thankfully, they don't keep it for the charm, right? Right. Oh. <laughs> I, I love I love all a lot of the other stuff from like the original Resident Evil that I see in Signalis. With like you know fixed camera angle, you know like framing, fucking six inventory slots, and you need thing, one yeah. to save and like three to kill an enemy, and for good. I'm, still on, the, I'm still, on the fence about, still on the fence about that design choice, but yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> that's why they call it survival horror. Uh, right. Oh, but, I see. So you're... you needed a lighter and a fucking paper. <laughs> so and it sounds to me to like some... David's a tiny bit more positive than towards older style inventories in some games. 
I don't mind it so much. Like, uh, okay, it, that That's does fair. have its charm to a degree, but I think for modern audiences with the remakes, uh, didn't they do away with some of that? Actually, yeah. I yeah, actually have. Resi remake, Two but... still had like a kind of a constricting, but you didn't have to like carry like three things to kill someone and then yeah, yeah the yeah. puzzle oh my god and i had to juggle puzzle pieces and i'm like okay i'll leave those there i'll come hey, back around well <laughs> let's add to this discussion so yeah. we know that the reason why many times those were done is because memory uh, allotment so yeah, they'd be yes. like we have to dump your inventory by the way most crevice crawling and and slow door opening was loading loading and right I, one of the things i was joking about people recently is i was like do you think a god of war isn't going to have you crawl through a crowd of course it's that's still a poignant moment in a movie movies do that they're not loading those mm -hmm. are still going to be points in a movie where you want to or, or that we all talk about it but the aha moment when you walk up on a hill and you see your first you like know, anticipation oh, and stuff yeah mm -hmm. and the world looks amazing like by the way somerville probably has the best one this year has a point mm -hmm. in that game where you walk up the hill and you see the world and you're just like oh my god um so i get why some people want some of that stuff to disappear but you will lack a little bit of punch um, in your inventory game if you have unlimited inventory. Yeah, of course. So it yeah. does make sense that in a survival game, they're like, listen, you have four pockets. It's not mm -hmm. a D&D &D bag of holding. You can't just throw everything in your pocket. We're going to have to restrict it. Do you think it in Alone in the Dark will still have that jacket? That oh, man, what a good idea. What a terrible game. <laughs> yeah, Dude, yeah. I've never been. The I first, came home. The first half was kind of good. The oh, first the half? first half was okay, but I remember with yeah. Cadiz, we got that, and I'm like, yeah! I'm like, dude, yeah, yeah. you got your trench coat like a private eye and you're find gonna... like eight snakes or whatever the <sighs> fuck collect them <laughs> it was one of those titles where you were so sold you know before yeah. it came out and then you start playing it and you're high it, it's just bad drugs on a street man where you get yeah. it and you're like wait and you wait, come down really hard wait dude. this is not working out and by the way <laughs> yeah. i don't do drugs so if anybody's listening that's just a comparison but you do get those moments where you're like and then whatever you get at the end is is the reality and you're like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that game could have been started so, off good, man. A and I was bit, such but... a fan of those games. The Dreamcast has one of the best version of best games ever in the uh, in the Dead series, and or mm -hmm. the, and it's gone. I mean, well, they're I, remaking it, right? Well, for some so. <laughs> Why remake? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's, um, uh, Silent Hill Two is getting a remake as well. Oh like, yeah, true. Team. Like yeah, you yeah. know, it's a it's a good time for horror, man. Like, it is. Uh, it we, is. Uh, we have we have a game that's coming out that's uh, inspired by um, not the classics necessarily, but um, kind of kind of resembles Alien Isolation. But it was announced before Alien. Isolation. God, I love Alien Isolation. With, with yeah. sound by Mick Gordon, who was in the news this week. Oh uh, shit! You know, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys want to get into that or not. But oh, like, uh, we we get into everything. <laughs> I don't. Think, the only thing I you know I we don't really have a, a, a we don't really have any limits. Um, it, I, the problem with that entire thing is that, um, you know, well, I'm pretty open. Like, I don't care. Like, if a company hates me, they hate me. But I don't know all of the tidbits that happen. But it's like you look at it from even close, far away, whatever you see. But Bethesda did something. And then two years later, Mick responds with receipts. And then Bethesda's like, well, we're only going to use like valid communication aisles. And I'm like, but, and this is what I said on Twitter. I'm like, like Reddit, because you guys are the ones who started all this. Is that your yeah. very, is that your, like, it's obvious that something happened and um, people don't get along. That's another thing, this world. And, and I admit that I'm sort of brutal about this, but there's a lot of people that uh, you're going to hate in life and you're going to have to 
learn that in business, you may have to work with them. And it, it does sound also like that happened where sometimes you get two people. I've had two people where I thought they would get along in a job and then you put them together and you're like, this is not going to work. Like from the very, and it, it sounds like maybe some of that personal, you know, just like it just didn't work out, but it, it turned bad and that sucks. I, because I think that, I think that this response was really not great terrible like like uh uh i'm being really nice just being like it wasn't that good but like i actually wrote down a sentence because this one is this is what should not have been in there i think i already all. know i think already you know which one yes the i failed think... legal threat yes yeah yes but we we stand ready full with full and complete documented evidence to disclose in an appropriate venue as needed i'm like are you serious like look i get like if it's one thing to like you know want to defend uh, the company and reputation and brand and also specific individuals that were named. And, and to be fair, like no one should be giving any sort of like harassment online to yeah, the people right. that McGordon named, like for sure. That's unacceptable. But to also put in the same defense that, again, a, a, it's I called it a veiled legal threat, but it's not veiled. Like, it's like, come yeah. on. They are basically saying like, you know, we have everything we need to to take people to court the appropriate venue you know <laughs> like whoa that 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 was wrong like that was not cool yeah it's like you know how they always say that you know nation you know mutually assured destruction kind of stuff those things do work where it's like we're, we're both coming at this from a particular point and what happened is bethesda started all this with the reddit post and didn't take it down then took it down then it put back up and then they're like we don't want any harassment for anybody and it's like you didn't say that when people were going after mick mick yeah what the heck and i saw those and they were pretty they were pretty high because you do have your bethesda lovers too which by the way i love bethesda games and i love mm -hmm. everybody i've ever dealt with there but it doesn't matter whatever just happened is a bad look I think like, McGordon did a smart thing. That's what I always say. Like they, people should do when a big thing comes out about them on Twitter or like um, uh, any social space, like take a step back. Don't say shit. Organize all your thoughts, your receipts, yeah. law, lawyers, whatever the fuck. I think also that writer did it too. the guy that got accused of sexual, like the sexual allegations or whatever for the other guy. Um, but yeah, you just stay, take a step back and just organize everything into a massive like manifesto or whatever links everywhere, you know, and just like put it online. Because then, you know, it's better than because people are so emotionally driven and they just say stupid shit on Twitter that gets them even more canceled. Right. Yeah. If they, if they were to respond right away. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. it sucks. Um, I talked. Well, not anymore. But uh, the guy who worked on one of my favorite games, um, Alpha Protocol, uh, the voice actor hates voice. I will never work in video games again. Hated his entire experience. And. Um, I liked his vote. I thought it was done well. Bill uh, Waterson as well did uh, Dead Dead or Ice Planet. What was that? Lost Planet Three. Oh my um, god! For Capcom. I miss those games. And I love yeah. him. I love him. And also voice actor. And I talked to them about their experiences of like who you get along with, you know, how it works. And then I talked to David Bateson, who does Hitman, and talked to him about his experience. You know, and and they're not directly composers because I've talked to them for sure. But I was trying to figure out like. If I hear somebody disliked a company or disliked working on something, I'm like, well, what did you dislike? Did you dislike the steps or was it the person giving you the steps? Because that's what my job used to be is inboarding new employees and being like, you know, what's not working for this person? Or sometimes it's the person. But it is weird when you look at this particular situation that it was underhanded from the start. There was no reason for this initial reddit thing that happened two years ago or whatever there was just no reason when you're the big company there is no reason 
for the most part, it's almost like the professional boxer and some pug is like, hey, I'm going to get you. And the professional, if the professional boxer stops everything to respond to him, that's on the professional boxer. That's your you just screwed up. You should have just continued moving on. And they did it again here with Twitter and the veiled threat. And we say it's veiled because, by the way, the per, the, the language they used is a threat. We call it veiled because basic per, per person would expect the words, I'm going to sue you. But no one's ever used those words. That's not how they're used. They're used exactly that. You know, we await the time, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, all right, I know. I know exactly what just came out of that. You know, that mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Who's who's having what meetups? I My wish it got dropped when I read that. I was like, are you fucking yeah, serious? Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, because yeah. if, if you if you ever see that and you're just like, dude, we are we all know what you're, I mean, for the most part, we all know what you're saying. And then you look at also everything that's happened and it also sours. It just sours the entire thing. It, it sours the entire thing, and it's sad, and I'm not saying that people shouldn't try to figure out behind the scenes what happened, for sure. But it is sad because um, lately, audio has been getting hit really hard. You, I'm sure you guys saw them. Um, she's an excellent composer for met, uh, for Modern Warfare, and she decided to not work on the OST because she couldn't get along with the audio director. Um, uh, uh, Susan, hang on. Susan, Sa she has a very difficult to pronounce last name. I don't know if you guys saw this, but um, Modern Warfare composer. Sarah Sa Sashner, uh, she's done Assassin's Creed, done a ton of uh, Modern Warfare. She left just recently and said the OST that you guys may see won't be the OST, which, by the way, is a, is a general complaint many times from artists because the OST is not the same as the triggered sounds in a game. Yeah. So they have yeah. to do a completely different thing. She left too. And she, she didn't state the name. She did state the position, which is that sort of like any, a thug like me could look online and find a out giveaway. the, the person. Yeah. yeah, that's unfortunate. But um, audio has been in the headlines a lot lately. A lot. We saw it yeah. with uh, Valhalla. The, they the made the horrible well. mistake in Valhalla with their oh, with their yeah. with their fucking bitrate. Which, by the way, I didn't know oh, Joshua God, Davidson yeah. had defended them because I was in that podcast going like, "Dude," and Josh just like, "I uh, I actually was on Reddit defending them." And uh -huh. I was like, "Oh, yeah. okay. Well, we haven't <laughs> talked." Um, but we've seen audio hitting, which is awesome because I'm such a big audio fan, but also sad because right now it seems the only time we're hearing about it is bad things. You know, which well, audio and sound and the music industry in general has always had its fair share. That's of, true. Uh, You're right. Ass. You're yeah. right. I hadn't thought People about that. Underpaid but, yeah. and like and like fucking uh, record labels and 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 all of the MCA stuff. And there's always issues with that. You know, audio. I had not thought about that, but that. And, oh, by the way, I was going to bring up Bayonetta, of course, the voice actress. Oh yeah, the yeah. voice actress. Yeah. yeah, it's it's been a sad situation that all of this gets aired and um. Sometimes when you're at a company, you're like, well, we're paying this person what they're worth. You know, like not right. everybody's going to get paid, you know, not to be rude, but some people are really good. And some people she tried to appeal to the underdog. Kinda. I think so on that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, But it is sad to see all this kind of stuff. Hopefully it gets fixed because, dude, I love I mean, I'm not as big of a fan as like Abzi and, and Johnny are for mixed stuff just because it's a little it's a little thrashy. But I thought like without him, those games would not have been what they are. There's no they wouldn't. Like the music that he does in some games yeah. is dude. His Atomic Heart stuff sounds really good. I'm yeah, really jury's out on that. I know you say so. I gotta check that out because you said yeah, they yeah. really did. He it's did like a good dark job. Tech. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, electronic. Well, I'll yeah. To check yeah, it out. Yeah, see, I'm not into that. That's more you, Abzi. That's more me. Like yeah, techno yeah. world. Um, <laughs> David, when it comes to 
audio in games. I don't think I've ever asked you this. Do you care? Do Are you a podcast person where you're playing a game and you're hitting the old podcast, listen to a podcast instead of listening to that glorious Ooh. music? No, I, I actually am a big fan of uh, audio design in oh, okay. games specifically. I think that, uh, you know, it can be looked over even by dev teams. They might not mm -hmm. put as great an importance on it as some other aspects of it, but I think it's incredibly important. And when you have like a great sound designer uh, and or composer, sometimes it's the same people, sometimes those are two different people, um, it can really elevate uh, a game. Like we had, um, we uh, published a game last year called Sable uh, and it had a soundtrack by uh, Japanese Breakfast, which is a Grammy nominated artist. But back when uh, she had signed on to do the uh, to do the soundtrack with the dev team, she was uh, not unknown, but definitely not as big uh, mm -hmm. as she is now. She's like a, a New York Times bestselling author, uh, a Grammy nomination. Uh, and I believe they announced oh, a movie for her book. Like it's, she's becoming like a really big deal and, and she's super cool and friendly. Um, but I, I think, uh, uh, you know, she's, but above all that, sorry, she's incredibly talented. Uh, and I think that that really took that game from what was already a really great experience. to just another level. Any, anytime you can get an incredible sound designer. I mean, look, since we were talking about Mick Gordon, look at doom 2016, yeah. doom phenomenal. Yeah. Right. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it wouldn't have been uh, the same game without him. No, yeah. absolutely would not have been. Uh, and and I think that's uh, that really speaks volumes uh, about his uh, his talent uh, and his work. Uh, it's it's funny. I I um I was looking forward to a game called Harvestella, which was supposed to be like a JRPG kind of farming right sim. Yeah, I by Square it. Enix. Dude, okay, <laughs> that game is marketed as a full $60 game, and I have no fucking idea why, dude. It's so scuffed. So on at mm. any given time in cutscenes, at maximum, like, two audio tracks playing at the same time, maximum. You'd get, like, maybe, a like, a wind blowing and, like, and like something happening. You don't get footsteps, and, like, there's nothing cool. going on. But you can really, <laughs> like, audio design, man. Like, also, like, uh, it changes gameplay a lot, like, the feel of a game, right? Like, the, the feel of the gunplay and the feel of, like, the fighting or whatever. So audio design, like, really, really matters there. And to only have two samples in the whole fucking cutscene, just two audio tracks, it's just, this is, it was like, yeah, this yeah. isn't a $60 game. It's, that's it's, what it's, we always talk about, Amzi, that you notice it when it's not there, like the lack Yeah, but you take it for granted. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. me, kind man. Of density of sound. <laughs> not me. I love I, it. I, I, dude, I, like, I don't, man, I'm listening at all times. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, like, when I was playing Miles, Miles has that, you know, the super, super streetish urban beat Spider-Man yes. music. And um, admittedly, that's not necessarily what I first go for. Even though I like rap, I'm not necessarily for that style of music. But the more I played it, the more I was like, holy shit. Th there is no way this would have pulled it off. It, it wouldn't even have felt right. Because it, everything he talks about, his, uh, the heritage that he's got with his family, it all fits that music. And if that had been something different. And I was aiming for that the moment I heard it. And I don't think I remembered that. And I mean, I covered it in the console version. But what I mean is when I was playing on the PC version, I didn't wake up going, I'm going to listen for that. It's that the moment yeah. it hit, I was like, oh. I love like, the hip hop vibe they made to the the original theme song, but they gave it yeah. those drums, right? With the yeah. hi-hats. Yeah, Dude, it's, nice. it's, I mean, I, I'm so happy to see this because for 20 years, that's why I started reviews was because I remember no one was, we were doing OSTs. We had concerts. We had Tommy Talerko, you know, doing concerts on G4 and all this stuff. 
but nobody was talking about it in reviews. And I remember being like, dude, how we have this huge like gulf of coverage of audio. And it's so nice now, even though some of it's bad, the news and stuff, it's so nice now to see audio covered. It's just, you know, again, we have bad times like Valhalla Odyssey had some issues um, and some other games, but overall, I remember Horizon Zero Dawn's voice as well had issues originally. Did it? Bitrate. Yeah. Oh, bitrate. Dude, bitrate's mm -hmm. rough because what you think might work out and then Wise will usually have three or four versions. And I think at some point it's grabbing that the low. The encoding, the compression. Because, man, audio is like the biggest, I think it's like the biggest uh, biggest uh, size in, in games, right? Like yeah. the biggest, the, it takes up the most space, It would have been right? 7.9 gigs for uh, Assassin's Creed Vo uh, Valhalla to fix their audio. They did discuss it. Oh, they did shit. look at okay. it and they were like, um, it was all recorded from what the investigation pointed out. It was all recorded at the wrong bit rate. There was mm -hmm. ways that they could possibly fix it, but it would have bloated up. The digital package would have been too large. There would have been issues with, by the way, Microsoft still uses the older style uh, Blu-ray. I think there were some issues with Microsoft in particular. And like, if you sell the physical version, you know, how many discs it will come on. Um, yeah. And audio's big, man. Audio's like, mm -hmm. you know, you can't co recompress it if it's already an MP3 anyway, because you've already compressed like. That's the compressive format. So it's a, yeah. like, there's only some things you can do to fix yeah, some of but this. Er, but, but every uh, uh, sound engineer will fight you for uncompressed files. Absolutely, yeah, they give will. Me those wild, <laughs> give me them. Flack. Give me those WAV files. Yeah, flack, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's. Um, and by the way, they're they're right. In particular, um, that's one thing is they know no one else picks this up. And I will tell you, I can guarantee you this. When you hear it, you'll be like. As a normal gamer, you'd be like, oh, my God, I get this. But one of the things I was telling Joshua about um, not telling him as in I knew something he didn't, but telling him that I was trying to explain this to people, bitty bad samples. You will hear people say, well, it's going to be a busy game, so they'll never notice. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Bitty <laughs> is noticeable when yes, it's mixed, a lot has not yep. when it's not mixed. Those mm -hmm. kind of things, you can actually fix that. You could use filters, you know, but when something's layered in. And you mm -hmm. get that bitty sound, you can't for example, it. right? Yeah. And you get Valhalla that's got the wind that sounds like it's a dude with a ten dollar accordion it's crunching. It's like, <laughs> whoa, whoa, and you're like, that's the wind. That's I thought it was and wind everyone, chimes. Everyone when they talk, they sound like they're talking through a phone. Yeah, right? yeah. They're like, like hey, hey, <laughs> hit, hit me up, Odin. And you're like, yeah, what yeah. the what, fuck? What, what you what you don't know is that that's what wind sounded like. Yeah, back in the day, it was lower sample, baby. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, it's like watching upload, and the one lady was uploaded uh, prior to color, and so she's the yeah. only avatar in the in heaven that's in black and white. But yeah, I mean, um, I think it's awesome. Where it, it, we started on a bad subject with like making stuff but it, it's so cool to see this kind of stuff guys it's cool like when i talk to somebody about audio and yeah i suggest headphones or whatever and they're like oh my god it does matter or well, my friends who use mono tv speakers when you were playing you mentioned miles morales and you just played recently on pc and you're catching all of these uh you know sounds that maybe you hadn't noticed the first time is were you wearing headphones for the pc version and maybe not for console <clears throat> uh no I, I i test on five audio systems here's what happened here's what i meant i meant that um, I noticed them in the original and I, I even look back at my review and I discuss them a little bit. What I didn't notice was how tellingly different the beat. I, I mentioned it in the past review, but it was more noticeable in this one. Um, how telling it was to connecting like the culture and stuff of that character. And I, mm -hmm. it might also be because after two Spider-Man games on the playstations, I became more interested in Spider-Man thus 
studied more. Thus, when this one came out and I revisited it, I came to it with the data from already having visited it. But um, no, I, I listened to it in all versions. I think it was just... Well, there's also, there's a lot more effects in this one, David, and I'm wondering if you're getting some occlusions, some reverbs and stuff. For example, if anybody's been out in snow, it's the most chaotic silence you've ever seen. Like a blizzard is silent many times, but it's chaos. It, you see all the snow coming, but you can hear tonal changes, just like uh, sound over water, you hear a tonal change. I think this one has so many layers of graphical data going on that's beyond the PlayStation 5 that there might be some also some audio adjustments going it, it on It also happens to me a lot like when I've played something or when I've watched something when I play it or watch it again I notice things that haven't the first time. I think that does happen too where you just you, replay yeah. it and you just keep like keep yeah. and especially it if it's good rich right? audio where you're yeah. just like this yeah. is rich I'm continually uh, hitting on this new stuff. I, it's just so cool because Audio, we taught, we joked, but like a stinger can ruin a boss if it pops early, and yeah, yeah. you're like, rah, 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 and you're off. Oh fuck! There's oh, a boss. I know. Yeah, yeah. You're like, come on! And <laughs> or when uh, you when you walk up the stairs and you see like a massive fucking circle, and you're like, hmm. yeah. But I'm start, saying the just the audio in. itself. Yeah, 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 yeah when yeah, you hear that. Audio, yeah. But when it hits right, and the guy's good guy, everything's good, and then like the music starts to slightly change, and you're all, mm -hmm. what's happening? Sorry. Did, uh -oh. did anyone else hear Dark that. Souls? Did anyone else hear Dark Souls when you were like, rah, 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 rah. I was like, oh yeah, my God. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and in all honesty, it, it might also have been that might be where I, uh, where I got it. But I use that example a lot of times of like those are the times when I sort of know what's headed or yeah, know yeah. we're in a boss the choir moment. Starts. Yeah, when the choir starts. When the choir Great. starts. Great. Uh, in, instantly got it. Perfect. Yeah, I love yeah. when they do the somber. <laughs> I love when they do somber music, like the last. Uh, Boston Dark Souls with like the piano. Oh right? yeah, like, when they switch it up and instead yeah, yeah. of like banging out, it's like it's yeah. just like this. It's very emotional and, and nice. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh and no, like, you guys happening? are fighting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. fighting your shit. friend in a game where like the friend turns into the bad guy. Um, Advent Rising yeah. does this. You know, I'm not gonna. You know, I can't spoil the game. It's 12 years old, but it's probably one of the best <laughs> stories ever. Where you save either your wife or your brother, and then they become the bad guy. And at, at the very end of the game, they're working for the aliens and you fight them. And I remember that last fight is Tommy Talerko's soundtrack, very somber. And you realize it's like you save them to kill them because like you saved them. You've got whichever person yeah. that you've saved through the entire story. Then you meet them again. And the only way to pass forward would be to kill the person you and you're just like, oh, fuck. You know, or sorry, you're killing the person you wished you had saved because you can only save one. And so at mm -hmm. the end, you're like, I have to kill this person that through the entire game, your character's like, man, I wish I could have saved them, blah, blah, blah. And then you face them and it's that melodic music versus the forced. Ver mm -hmm. I don't have a problem with force, but when they do a good job and they give you that like soft, you know, sorrowful stuff and you realize like this is the end game. This yeah. is it. This is like, this will be the end of this entire curve. And that's, that's such a great part. I want to get to some questions. I didn't realize we had this many, um, real quick podcast questions. Ahmad says, not sure if this was asked, but with PlayStation Xbox exclusive, exclusive games coming to PC, do you think the end is near for consoles? No, no, absolutely no. Not. Oh, he yeah. means, yeah. Cause the uh, PlayStation fans in particular were really put out exclusives that aren't like it is a selling point, but I think a, a bigger selling point is that you are buying a gaming console. PC is just, so it's, it's a lot of buy-in, man. And if you're only buying it for games, 
it's a, a lot you have to pay and a lot you have to deal with rather than just like literally buying a console, putting on a TV. And I think a lot of the market share as well is still fucking FIFA and those sports games that oh, you're not yeah. going to buy a PC for, right? You're just going to have it on your TV. <laughs> yeah. I got my FIFA PC. No, but if right. you're doing that, yeah. um, also... Uh, even if they release day and date, I'm still a firm believer that you can just pretend the consoles are the lowest level of entry for a game. Mm -hmm. I have no issue with that. And I think that an Xbox Series S, which is fun. I mean, I'm mind blown. I know that some developers have issues, but I'm sitting there playing cloud on it and stuff. I have the Series X, too. But I'm like, so for 250, somebody can get in or then they can get in for 500 or then they can get in for a thousand. Then they can buy a better graphics card, you know, so it's like. It's just levels of entry. It's like sports car versions and 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 sedan versions of cars, and uh, I yeah I don't think it'll kill anything. It just in fact it makes more people able to play crossplay or Plus lack cross of it play, will kill I was gonna people. Say, crossplay uh, needs to be Sony get off your asses because I know that mm -hmm. they have purposely stymied crossplay. Multiple developers have complained about this. Crossplay just needs to be possible. Yeah, there needs and to be and transferring save like like being Stadia. able to. Yeah. <laughs> God. Did you guys hear about that? Yeah. The guy was Stadia. He had the what two thousand hour Red Dead. Oh uh, right, Stadia save. Wait, that. did that thing? Did Stadia die? They, it died, right? Stadia's dead, but freaking okay. dude, they fixed it. Uh, what's a uh, take two? Was like, mm -hmm. if anybody's gonna spend that much time in our game, we will not let that go unrewarded. And they they mm -hmm. figured out a way to get a save game onto. What about the guy console. with one thousand nine hundred hours? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> there's always somebody who gets left behind david you need to know that you're a, that's third class on titanic you ain't getting right. saved um nick hudnell says consoles and how the apus work and how that affects performance in games people seem to think these consoles are on par with 2080 ti's or 30 series systems oh so he he wants us to talk about consoles and how i mean yeah they're they're just dis different levels Right. There's not much to add to that. There's just different levels for your consoles. I was pretty surprised, though. Like, uh, I tried Ghost of Tsushima because I just recently got out a next-gen console or whatever, and I was like, I was running at 4K60, and I was like, this is kind of crazy, right? Like, Well, upscale 4K60. Is it? Is it upscale on the res mode? And, uh, and I I, I'm not going to bitch about Ghost of Tsushima. It's one of my favorite games. But also, if you look really close, the, the like they have a lot of copied shit going on they have a lot of pop in they have a lot of copied trees and and flora and fauna that's fine that's what they need to get by it's art art direction versus technical direction um yeah gotcha and like yeah. being able to play devil may cry ray traced at 60 it's pretty cool i was just like i was just like yeah. kind of impressed spider-man 60 with yeah. i think this dude yeah, insomniac the they're smoking yeah. whatever they're smoking has got <laughs> a lot of power in it because those guys can do shit that i bet you other devs get mad if I was a competing dev and Insomniac's like, like Spider-Man, we're putting our we're putting ray tracing in at 60 and the other devs are yeah. like, fuck, god damn it. <laughs> Shit doesn't even run at 30. Gotham Knights, people are like, oh, oh here we go. Um, by the way, oh. I didn't hate Gotham Knights. So anybody listening, don't don't freak out about what I just said. Um, next up, Eric the Red says, Do you guys think Halo should end Master Chief's story and move on to new stories focused on different characters from the Halo universe, like a game focused around the Arbiter, or even something like a basic Marine squad. Man, 343 has just never made a good Halo game, all right? Forge is amazing. Right now, Forge is really cool. But let's be real, okay? 343 has never made a good Halo game, all right? Like a legitimately good, you know, the original trilogy, nothing even comes close. So I don't know what the fuck they should do with the, with the series. Anybody else? 
I don't know, Abzi. I feel like Infinite is pretty good, right? A lot of people like the campaign, no? I don't know about releasing without co-op. Uh, I don't know. I I I didn't like. I, it doesn't, man. It's just co the co-op thing. I think is like a big, big deal. No, I agree. Just releasing yeah, without co-op. Definitely. Uh, Forge though, Jesus Christ! I've I've been seeing a lot of creations recently. Um, the new visual scripting is super in depth and amazing. Uh, I saw someone uh, recreate. I was watching this guy's stream just for hours recreate. Um, what's that place in SpongeBob? The the underwater. Oh, you he mean was, that SpongeBob, the town, the, their the little town? town. Right? Yeah, he was recreating it. And he made like uh, <laughs> a awesome. dome for where the cat lives or whatever her name is. Sorry, I didn't watch much SpongeBob as a kid. But when once you go inside the dome, so outside of the dome, you have like anti gravity because like you can swim around, so you can jump very high. And once you go into the dome, it's normal gravity. And he just scripted that in. I was like, oh shit, like this is really cool. And you can go this this deep into uh, into Forge. Yeah. What about you, David? What do you think of uh, like what it's, we've got now? It's tough. I was trying to do like a, in my mind, like an analogy with uh, or a comparison with movies, right? Like uh, Indiana Jones. I'll just use that franchise really quick. Like a new one's coming out, right? It's going to have Harrison Ford in it again because <laughs> no one, no one's going to watch an Indiana Jones film that doesn't have Harrison Ford in it, right? Like a lot of movies, right. a lot of movie franchises play things safe by having this, the same characters that you're used to, that you've grown to love or you've loved for a long time, for decades, literally with Indiana Jones, um, you know, and uh, it might be safer to stick around. With that said, and I, and I say this not having seen this series yet, but, um, but I've been meaning to because people are saying it's incredible, uh, Andor, which is like a yeah, total right. spinoff of of uh star wars universe stuff uh that is not like you know princess leia or anybody yeah. like that uh and it seems to be doing incredibly well so maybe you could make an amazing halo game without master chief and featuring i, th I feel uh, like people would get pissed though sort. for sure they might they i mean yeah. i think i think you would probably have a, a decent amount of people being like where's master chief blah 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 yeah. blah blah but at some point, I think you do have to kind of retire that. I mean, how how much further can you take it? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like Reach did well. Reach Reach the dream. Really ODST well did well. Yeah. ODST, did. but hey, those were like also Bungie. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So you know. so for me, you know, three four three. Um, I want them to do well. Um, but they're, I mean, they're they're stunning failure continually is actually really sort of awe inspiring. Like I've never really seen a company. <laughs> grasp failure from the jaws of success so often as them master oh chief God, collection the, the was collection. one of the biggest pieces of shit i've ever seen in my life and i remember i got a ping from a microsoft employee and they were like you said to never touch it what if we improve it and i was like never touch don't ever contact me again i didn't say that because i know him <laughs> but i was like listen man um i don't know what's going on i'm firmly in the belief that you can continue to have master chief continue to fight the flood and fans would be fine it's the finger fucking pinky up journalists that I get really tired of hearing friends of mine where they're like, well, technically the story doesn't progress past the apex of like, fuck you. I want to kill some flood. And I think normal fans are fine with the continuation of, of master chief. I think normal fans would have no issue if they were good. But what happened was three, four, three is like, let's have master chief possibly be a bad guy in a game. There is nothing more questionable than that. There is nothing that shows that you've lost the fucking narrative than to say, well, let's uh, let's pretend that Master Chief well, might be a bad guy. One of the biggest complaints for Five or even, I don't know about Infinite, but was there's no Flood, right? They want to fight Flood. 
Yeah, well, you know? yeah, that too. But I mean, Infinite got pretty close. Um, they introduced a grappling hook, which I thought would suck, which turned out to be stunningly good. The gra mm -hmm. grappling hook, I just don't know how that turned out to be as fun as it was, but they lacked co-op and all of the things that are make a core Halo experience. Um, I get both sides where somebody wants there to to end it, end, you know, kill it, take it out in the forest and shoot it. It's like Master Chief is old, but Master Chief is technically timeless anyway as that hero. He has outlived everybody else. So I'm going to tell you, if you kill Master Chief, you're going to have a hard time filling his shoes because there's no more shoes to fill. Guys, guys, we, we don't need to kill him, man. Halo Halo 1 is like 20 years old, right? You know what they need to do? Remake it. Remake. Yeah. Yeah. Remake it. We already had that amazing remake where you could <laughs> switch the remake. graphics. Remember that shit? <laughs> right, I still right. remember that. But they, yeah. Um, Reimagining. They, the they, they, they can touch the entire game except for Blood Gulch. Yeah, so right, right. right. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Exactly you go same. in, it's still old looking. You're like, what the yeah. heck? Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I, I think that Microsoft has problems with both Gears and Halo for that. And you, um, Cliff brought it up in Ryan's podcast Cliff knows his shit. You know, he's got some great, he's got a great book out and he, you know, he, he's got some really, he's very self like looking on some of the mistakes he made. But one of the things he did point out was that Epic really didn't know what to do with like gears. And you know, it's like at a certain point you look at gears, that's a completely different, they're stuck on one planet. It's a completely different kind of game. Narrative's a little bit more closed off, but Microsoft has two of the main first person slash third person shooters, then they can't get them off the ground, which is, that's pretty, like, that's pretty scary. I mean, yeah. it's, when, you know, when you have key personnel leave a franchise, right? Cause you know, it's their time or they want to move on or whatever the reason is. Yeah. It's tough. You have to find very, that, um, you have to find that steward. You have to find the person uh, or persons that are so passionate about this, that they, they will continue on the great work. And that's not easy to do. Yeah. Uh, also, that's uh, that might speak to the brilliance of the original game designers for whichever franchise. It's like when you look at uh, the original Bioshock, right? And, yeah. And, and Bioshock Infinite, wonderful games. Bioshock Two, ah, uh, you right. know, because uh, Levine wasn't involved, right? So, um, yeah. Know, sometimes though, like sometimes that. the crazy, you know, and I don't mean crazy mental. I just mean the crazy artist, as in their brain is thinking a certain thing. Um, crazy genius that's what works you know Mad and genius, yes. i get people always when i talk up living because i love it uh, like i love his attitude i love his like i have no issue with the sculptor smashing their you know their their thing their creation and restarting and he's definitely for that and i know that that's not cool right now but to me when i play one in infinite i'm like it's pretty cool on the screen so it's obviously it's working you know um mm -hmm. But we also get companies that come along that do something else like Prey, um, mm. where I think Prey is quite close, quite close to Bioshock uh, level of storytelling. And those guys also have their issues, though, with Dis Dishonored. You know, mm -hmm. what Weird West did well. Weird West was the main. What is it? Both founders of Arcane or just one of the founders of Arcane who did Weird West? Do you remember, Abzi? Um, I think, I think it was just uh, one the, of the founders, the, the, the creative director the, or the founder, like the, the, the top that did, he was there since Arx Fatalis, but I think a oh, bunch of game. devs followed him, you know? Yeah. I think a bunch of devs from Arkane followed him as well. Um, next up, Borean says Starfield. Uh, I'd like to know due to lack of news, rumor is it will be delayed again. What are your views? What, 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 Wait, what was... delayed past April? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, delayed? I... sorry. Uh, no, he's Starfield. asking if because we're Starfield. not hearing about Starfield. Um, I think Microsoft has probably learned their lesson. Yeah, they didn't announce the date yet. So, 
I think we know. Well, yeah, if you look at financials, the latest it could be is April, right? If you look at how they talk about. And they said quarter one, I think. I think they did. I don't think it's delayed. I think it's I think it's smart for them to keep quiet anyways. Like you don't want to show anything until you're truly ready. Uh, So, you know, I'm sure we'll we'll get a barrage of stuff come January, February, especially with fiscal year coming up. You do PR, David. You can't win, right? You announce it early. No. People are mad. You announce it late. People are mad, bro. You damned, damned if you do, damned if you don't. It, it really, dude, I, and I've seen some of this pop up where I feel genuinely bad even for an asshole. Like if I'm like, I don't like this person, but I feel really bad because they're on screen right now talking about something. People are like, you know, it won't be out for six months. Why are you guys? And I'm just like, oh, my God. You can't. Yeah. It's 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 the mob. You cannot win. Like it doesn't. You 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 just have to sort of lack of data is better because then you just have people questioning it. But it's not as bad. Um. I yeah. I haven't heard anything about Starfield delayed. I do know that it hit a couple people that I talked to a little bit hard. There were some people who were like, "Well, one thousand planets. That's too many." And I I was on Twitter like defending that, going like, "Dude, really a thousand? Like." Many planets in our if own solar was system one planet, are pretty crappy. It would have, yeah. Like if you yeah. think about it, if you think if you, if they say there's one or let's say three planets, it's still three planets. They're not gonna. They're obviously gonna have to be procedurally generated. Yeah, somewhere, uh, right? It, it, yeah. It's like it, let them do their thing. We Outer Worlds, I thought was great too, and that was you know by a much smaller team than Bethesda's. Yeah. Um, and they showed that you could have. I guess you call those Mass Effect style planets in a way. I think that's probably yeah, like the one zone way. in each planet. One yeah. zone, one or two. Uh, outer. By the way, I love outer. I've now beat that four times. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, I like that game. It's not the same as a Skyrim or even Outer Worlds. It's its own thing. But um, I think with delays and worries about them, it's like they'll do their own thing. It'll probably be buggy. I mean, that's just like <laughs> it comes with the territory. It's, yeah. yeah, it's their engine too, and they want everything to be interactive. And I got to tell you guys. Yeah. Um, you know, you can play cyber and I'm I'm just being honest. My thoughts, you can play cyberpunk and interact with absolutely nothing and it's still buggy or you can play in a, a Bethesda game where you can interact with almost everything. Fruit can possibly kill you if you go into the wrong room with the physics fucked up, mm-hmm. but you can interact with almost everything. And I think that there's something very positive to be said about that. Where Yeah, I mean, what, what other uh, what other studio will let you generate a thousand cheese rolls? Exactly. You know? I got killed by a bread roll in Skyrim because <laughs> I went up to the door and I could hear this. And I found out it was just the fizz. It got in a bowl and it was bouncing. Just uncap but, your FPS, dude. Uncap your FPS in a Skyrim <laughs> game. Remember that shit? I remember like people were like uncapping it and dying left and right. And it was like because but that, they were like, you got to contain. It's too awesome. Yeah man you gotta lock that shit down um those are the questions there i'll go to twitter but i do want to jump to a different part of the discussion right now this will be real quick somebody asked me this question i told them i'd answered it but uh we got a visitor so i'm gonna keep this short is it the end of reviewing for games with game pass um with all of the adjustments in how games are delivered do do reviews matter less yes I absolutely think they matter less. Um, I think that more people are coming into games, so it might matter a little bit to them. Um, I, I don't think it means less views, even though it does, but I think that what I mean to say is that if you're doing it on price, I'm in pretty good shape because I can say $9.99, worth getting, wait. people Numbers reviews, I would hate to do that because I wouldn't know. It'd be very difficult to rate a game with a number right now because Game Pass makes that almost impossible which is why a lot of people I know who do numbered scores don't even rate Game Pass games because it's very difficult to give it a score. Um, So is reviewing dead? Um, 
No, but it's changing fundamentally. And I think also because of bugs, uh, bugs are so rampant and what you can get now that you'll have somebody get a bug on a 4090 that is impossible to get on a 3090. Abzi just mentioned locking frame rate. Let's say you had a game and you didn't know and your frame rate was always under 45 and you didn't die in Skyrim, but somebody had a better video card than you. So it was going to 61. It was killing you. They would report a different experience. Um, I think that context is super important in reviews and that will increase. I think context will increase. Review scores will probably matter a little bit less. I think also we're starting to see that in user scores. There's like, it's not that they're different, but I'm starting to see more and more people invest in scoring games. And sometimes their response to review scores has been almost polar opposites. Yeah. Some some of it on purpose, right? You want to be like, no, this game is awesome. But sometimes you get a game like Gotham Knights where I heard people saying it ruined our lives. You know, we may not be able to live through the year because we play Gotham Knights. And I'm like, no, man. They value anymore. different things. And I feel like user scores are also very uh, either tens or zeros. You know what I mean? They're very it, They are, but they're like, getting better is what I'm saying. Yeah. And I think the well, more okay, people, yeah. the more people that do smart user scores, the better the entire system is because it will also mm. hold me or anybody who covers games in a, in accountability where, for example, clickbait is starting to really die. And I've tested this even on my channel WTF on a review to see what the thumbnail does. And this, oh, it made me cry huge Omega tears is actually getting less people because people are starting to call off on the hyperbole and they're starting mm -hmm. to be like, that's it, you just, it's just not true anymore. You know, there's, and, and I like that. And I think that that's because then you can talk, if you talk realistically and hate something, that's awesome. If you're hyperbole and hating something or loving it, there's no, it's, it, it means nothing. It's more about the person than it is about the situation. Yeah. And the, I mean, I think like, I want to like get away from that. Like the professional critic is always going to exist, right? That's yeah. never going to go away. Exactly. Like I'm sure the dude, the dude who invented the wheel, like went to his friend. He's like, Hey, what do you think? And the guy was like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. I got you this know? square here and it works pretty well, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, like, so that's never going to go away. Right. It's just a matter of like what the format is going to be. Uh -huh. right? right. I mean, when, uh, when some of us were growing up, it was like, yo, game pro is going to tell me what, <laughs> what game I should buy this month. Smile right? face, unhappy right, face. Right. Remember <laughs> the, the, the best five scale system that has never been replicated. Right. Uh, right. Since, uh, and it should be, it was amazing, but like that, that's what, that's what told us, right? Yeah. Uh, what game was good and what game was, and then, uh, the, this thing called the uh, World Wide web came along. Right. And we're over here on the internet, on our computer machines, on our trash eighties and whatever else we were, you know, um, uh, using to dial up. And, uh, you know, websites are becoming a thing. And then, uh, you know, over the last decade, that's been replaced by, uh, you know, YouTube. Yeah. Uh, and also Twitch. Uh, and now with Game Pass, it's kind of it, it, obviously those aren't reviews, but now it's so accessible that like maybe you don't yep. even need to read a review anymore. Uh, you just boot up a game and see if you like it and if you don't like it. But, you know, it's all, there's always going to be critics. That's never, ever, ever going to go away. It's just in the formats that we see and maybe in some of the methods. And streaming's a thing, a huge thing. Now he said that. He watch. said Twitch. Oh, yeah. sorry. No, sorry. No, but yes. No, but yeah, no, but to emphasize, you're totally right. Absolutely. Like, uh, oh, maybe I don't need to see a review. I see and see Co-Carnage play, uh, play this game for an hour yeah. and I'll see what's up. But honestly, like, uh, I, I actually live in uh, in the world of wanting to see YouTube reviews because they're mm -hmm. usually really concise. I don't have an hour to see Co-Play. Yeah. Game. Right? exactly yeah. i got i yeah. got 10 minutes 
to watch Carrick play a game and, yeah. and review it pretty thoroughly. Like that, that is my jam. Like, uh, uh, you know, because I'm also like in my forties with kids and stuff. It's like, I don't got all this time to even play games. So I need someone to tell me what's good. And I need them to do it fairly quickly. You know, I, I know you don't care for TikTok. But I think that would actually be a, oh! good, a, a good platform for you. I, swear I told him, man. I told him. A no, I've got, times. I've got a TikTok and I've uploaded <laughs> yeah. a, a couple things. I'm doing. I'm going to be doing a lot of shorts here on YouTube. Um, TikTok for me is more of a political thing, which I don't follow politics normally. But there is definitely some stuff there. Questions on where that data it, goes. It is. It, it is a questionable mm. format. Who collects all the data? All of that stuff. Yes, you you're right. But I think that like. Uh, uh, shorter form video yeah. content is probably the way to go for this next generation. I absolutely of, uh, agree, dude, and yeah, I'm I'm yeah. there. Um, I I just have not been there as in TikTok. I'm there on YouTube. I've, I'm we have the new MythBuster series starting next week, where it's like you know, Ooh. do review embargo dates actually mean the game's bad? That'll be. I think that's the first one. I have oh. not 19 <laughs> videos where it's just one minute of me saying, "Here's the myth. Am I gonna bust it or say that you know this is my experience that it's true?" Mm -hmm. um, I want to jump to TikTok, but yeah, there's that. And there's also the medical misuse data there because I have some family members who have various medical issues and TikTok goes out of their way to spread a lot of medical um, mm, misinformation. Uh, misinformation. For example, one of the big ones was they have single-handedly caused diabetes medicine to skyrocket um, and weight loss medicines for uh, diabetics. And I have some friends who have been diabetic since they were, I mean, you know, like congenital diabetes, like, oh. you know, and um, it's massive. It's a huge deal. It's not, this isn't wow. me like saying it's a deal. This is something that you can track and say, you know, they've seen upticks of like 30 to 40% because of six or seven TikTokers saying, hey, you don't have to work out and you can lose weight. And they lie. They even state how to lie to your doctor on TikTok, where on YouTube, I would be destroyed. YouTube would cancel me. They would remove my video. That's the one thing I want from TikTok is that's all I would love moderation, to see. Proper moderation. moderation. Yeah. yeah. I would, especially around medical, because I think medical stuff is very dangerous. You don't want a random person, by the way, taking diabetes medicine. The reason why go look at any weightlifter who injects insulin and tell me they don't have a human child in their belly because their organs are massive because their body doesn't need uh, that insulin. And so or it, HGH, it, HGH, HGH. <laughs> Barry Bonds head looking like yeah. six kids heads, you know, uh, <laughs> I just want, I just want some accuracy there, but yeah, uh, getting back onto good data. I think, yeah, I think it's awesome. Um, I agree with David that, uh, you know, crit critics will never go away, but it is, it is the form and how it'll go. And I, I don't think TikTok's even the end. I don't, you weren't, weren't saying that, but I just mean, are we going to get to 10 second videos? Are we going to get to thumbnails where it's just like, where everything's so quick. Dude, I had a dial-up on my Sega Saturn. That was how I got to the internet. Dave Saturn page, by the way, shout out. You got me onto the <laughs> internet. Um, where it was like, and you played Duke Nukem, Sega Saturn, 56 BOD. Um, everything's you know, so it's... fast now. What are we going to go to? Like, what's the next step? If TikTok is 30 seconds, 10 seconds, 60 seconds, I think they now have even longer. But are we going to get an even faster one? Like, oh my god! Do you remember that scene in There's Something About Mary where that guy's talking about his genius idea for six minute yes. abs? <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's what I've heard this. I've heard this before, and I think about that every time. He's like seven minute abs. That's too long. Six minute six abs. minute abs. And, and the guy was like, "What happens if someone does five minute abs? No, 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 no you can't do abs in five minutes. You need six minutes." That's like uh, <laughs> Simpsons did the twelve step program, and Homer stops at eleven because twelve is too many. 11. And I yeah. fucking never stopped laughing. The first time I saw that joke, I was like. Whoever wrote that is the most brilliant person in the world. It's like a, 12 steps. That's too many. And he just collapses. Yeah.
years. And I was like, oh my God. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's going to be awesome to see the, the new types of coverage. Also, I think contained coverage, people who just cover soundtracks and stuff. Um, we saw it, it, it got big on YouTube, two hour long videos of breaking down a game. Those will continue to be big. Um, yeah. Those are fun. I like doing the walking the walks, which are a little different. Those will be fun. But yeah, it's going to be it's going to be cool to see all this kind of stuff and and where everything goes. Um, One quick thing, though, to, to add on to that, cause you said, oh, is it going to become a thumbnail? And I actually <laughs> heard this week uh, one person saying I I well, I follow, you know, Carrick and skill up but i don't even open their videos now i just look at the thumbnail and title and if it's like i recommend because sometimes you guys put that in the title like i recommend or you know this i try not to so. because i find this i i get nothing yeah. but skill negative up, skill up mostly does that is like yeah, I recommend yeah. Or I don't recommend. so yeah. so he was like i just look at the thumbnails if they look positive i buy the game <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh the big issue with that is context i mean some it, it depends also if you're just going for views or if you're going for like because i love games like it's not just view, yeah. like I, i'll talk about a game i most of my walking the walks are for games i don't love and I get people mad at me all the time. They're like, why would you ever do a walk in the walk for Valhalla if you didn't like it versus Red Dead 2, which you loved? I'm like, because sometimes I like to know why it didn't come together. And I or, think or like, that uh, maybe the history of it, the mythology of yeah. the Norse. Yeah. So well, don't follow stuff. me just for my thumbnails, guys, because I've messed around <laughs> on purpose and put WTF on a th on a game I loved. For example, I did that with um, a game recently where I was like, what the fuck is this? And people were like, so mad at me. I was like, dude, I'm just testing the system. Should, I'm I want to see what uh, you guys are. Go, go to one of those like AI generation bots uh, and, and be like, all right, I need my face mostly neutral slightly happy put that make me a yeah thumbnail. well you yeah. know the ai yeah, reviews really are confused. my most popular new content oh <laughs> when yeah, i did but, when i did the game. ai review for uh for game uh for god of war i did a preview for god of war but what did i review oh they uh the last of us um number one i did an ai review and they the developer contacted me and was like dude that's the funniest thing i've ever seen like that like i never expected somebody to do an yes. ai review um, it, I'm going to look that up after this. <laughs> the AI reviews, dude. Yeah. So what I do is I ask AI questions about the game and then put it all together to give you an example of how smart AI is at one part during the last of us, it says Troy Baker or what, what does it say? It says it said, uh, Joel, Joel plays as Troy plays Baker, as Troy Baker, because you know, Troy Baker is like He's, Troy Baker, Troy right? Baker's in everything. And the AI <laughs> even knew that. It is insane. Or it talks about how dangerous Joel is because he lets girls die. And I was like, that's deep. Yeah, yeah, no, no, was... dude. You know, I had a developer from Naughty it's Dog. Like some meta analysis. Yeah, the, right the guy from Naughty Dog was like, dude, that's deep. Like, that thing is, like, that's almost scary because some of the stuff it says, you're like, oh, wait. Oh my God, that is right. Yeah, yeah. Like, but the AI doesn't say it like a human it, it does. Saw, yeah, from all the information it gathered about The Last of Us, it made its conclusion that Joel is like the evil fucking villain. Yeah, it, oh no, it, like, it, it no. legitimately by the end of the review where it was like, yeah. he doesn't travel some places because like women won't die there. And you're just like, wow. And then I put it in there. I was like, I put it in because I was like, this is not me saying this. This is me asking the AI. But uh, the preview for God of War, Ragnarok was that way too, where it was like, it said something like, uh, the child showed his bravery by um, handling Kratos's uh, dad stares, and it said uh, it said studies show that dad stares affect male children's you know growth patterns and stuff, which is true. It's just saying if a dad looks disrespectfully at the kid, calls him name, you know, blah blah blah, it can impact your growth. But the AI knew that and was like putting it together in a way that you could 
parse and go like, oh my God, this game knows like exactly what's going on or this AI knows. AI is one step. GPT-4, when we get to GPT-4, people like myself will probably, if I wanted to, and I will never do this, but I could just use AI to write reviews. And I'm I, sure I, we'll I see could, a YouTube do that. I could see a narrative de uh, designer having to go to like therapy and be like, uh, I thought I was an okay person until this AI uncovered that actually I've got a lot of dark shit. Happening. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> right. Well, or like, uh, you know, your best friend who you've said something for all your life and they're like, do you know that every time this thing happens, you say this and you're all, well, whoa, uh-oh. And, you know, <laughs> your world sort of starts to come down as you're like, oh, shit, yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, but yeah, it's uh, and speaking of AI, because that was the other question. Um, people were wondering if uh, if AI frame generation on the 4090 works very well. And I can tell you, I did it on Miles. Um, I personally think that and I was telling Abzi this, if console developers aren't working on their own frame generation systems, they're beyond stupid. Um, it is in it's impossible to show somebody how much of a frame rate increase you're getting with very, very negligible differences. So we saw upscaling where they, they take samples and they upscale and you get DLSS, which looks phenomenal. By the way, didn't when it started. I don't know if you guys remember, but DLSS was no great <laughs> yeah. shakes. FSR was no great shakes. Frame generation is so weird because interpolation is so negative in the movie industry, but in the games industry, it's like the Nirvana if we can figure it out and keep your latency low. And I can tell you guys, having a 4090, it's beyond belief getting 250 frames per second in a Spider-Man game or playing a VR game and getting 190 seconds or 190 frames per second in Cyberpunk. Like the That's jump in power is... Well, or? in some it is, but also the okay. power. One of the things we've all complained about, how many times have we complained about this? Every generation was barely a step. It happened yes. for almost five generations where we were like, so does the 1080 really better... Then that, oh, it's 1080 Ti, blah, blah, blah. I can tell you guys now the 4090, and it costs this, obviously. Yeah. But what we're seeing now, I can bet you console developers are literally scraping to figure out how to get that. And, and I would say this, it's probably more impressive than ray tracing because ray tracing has failed us for the most part. Mm -hmm. Ray tracing has hit frame rates so hard. Uh, companies are great with fake ray tracing screens, yeah. uh, screen space reflections looking phenomenal. Insomniac, by the way, miles without ray tracing looks phenomenal. If you have to turn ray tracing off, it's not going to make you go like, oh my gosh, terrible game. Um, but the 4090 is a, is something it, the step up. And it always takes that one company to do something crazy to where everybody else goes, oh shit, we need to do that. And, and, um, AI is being used for this kind of stuff. Um, I know Microsoft is working on something for their AI and we're seeing AI upscaling for textures and they're now looking at a, did you guys see the VR? The guy put AI mid journey in the VR game so you can play VR and like, look at a tree and say, I want an elephant in that tree. And in VR, it'll go like, and it puts a tr elephant in the tree. We, that's and really cool. that's we are awesome. so close. Yeah. Go check it out. It's a German guy. <laughs> You know, say what you will of that <laughs> top tier in, in engineers. And and he just did this crazy shit. And I was like, we are there, guys. We're like one gen away from VR. Um, and VR is perfectly playable now on the 4090. Uh, but AI itself is making changes that 
I have a feeling in 10 years we're it's going to be a really changed world where we're yeah I'm waiting oh, for that VR game where you can say whatever the fuck you want to an NPC and it's just there no dialogue options you just talk right well Man. I can't talk I am under NDA for the one but the other one I did tell you guys about which is that and it is, mm -hmm. it is a, it's a block of people walking around in a New oh, York City block yeah, yeah and you can be like I want to see uh, nothing yeah I, I just want to make sure i'm not hitting nda but there I, I will say that one of the times he said i want like a dragon outside and that's pretty much what happened and i were uh, and when i was testing it i was like oh we're we're at next level for vr chat for D D. I love D&D, &D, the idea of Literally playing D&D. Literally choose your own adventure. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> oh, all of us playing, and I'm like, you're in a room. Boom, boom, boom. There's yeah. a bar on the left. Push, boom. And it comes up. Yeah, like, yeah. We, we're talking, I'm going to be as fat as humanly possible because I'm never going to move. I'm just going to be with my VR headset 24-7. Finally, I can have my Lawnmower Man fantasy. Oh, yeah. Remember <laughs> Lawnmower Man, David? We saw Lawnmower Man. Remember that shit? You know, Matrix is held up. Matrix has held up pretty well, but Lawnmower Man ain't held up for shit. No, it hasn't at all. Bro, it's but, rough. You <laughs> but still, dude, that, that dude lived in VR world and he could do whatever the heck he wanted, man. That's yeah. what I want. <laughs> yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, and then I want to get these questions real quick on Twitter. Saw this the other day, immediately uh, the importance of directional sound in PUBG. Oh, okay. Um, let's look at any questions that we got real quick on Twitter. Twitter, my Twitter, uh, there's people leaving Twitter. I can tell. I saw some followers drop. That's pretty Did you buy the verified thing yeah <laughs> no i do have an apple ipad because you need to do it through that but i think they even canceled that i think you can't get it now but i was never verified anyway it didn't really make a difference um okay no questions on twitter oh wait nope one quit here we go i'm getting a pc soon for gaming and editing any free and safe software you think i should install yes davinci resolve oh yeah you're done i use that i turned actually completely into that for video i've gone to davinci and affinity I've, I still use Me Adobe too. for one thing, but Affinity is, I don't know Affinity what magic those guys are pulling off, but dude, and I just bought their new one versions time, one right? time. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. just reminded me to, I'm still paying uh, for Adobe. Cloud. Affinity Man. version two just came out last week. And I yeah. got to tell you guys, and again, AI, right? All these companies using AI. Did you guys see Google's AI compression for audio? Did you guys see my link I put in the discord? Holy shit, six kilobytes for an audio it's file. Like the holy grail of Dude, it it's yeah. it nuts. Okay, we're getting into the weeds. Sorry, David. We have a tendency <laughs> to get off especially yeah. on tech. I love tech. I want to talk to you guys about uh, November, December games. So we're 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 rolling up. We got miles one or two, but then we got Hogwarts. So first of all, I've got to ask you guys. Anybody interested in Hogwarts? Oh my nope. God! Uh, I am. Yes, I am. I'm not. Yeah, you are. I what am, about you, Johnny? I am interested. Yeah, but nah, <laughs> that's a <laughs> that's a okay. Okay. rate okay. me for Here, sex. Eh. You're like, oh, it's okay, not very good. One, I think wands are lame. That's the lamest way to cast magic. Is oh, with a wand. I see. Okay, a wand. Yeah. So, okay, I got you. Yeah, wand. Yeah, I never bought into that. Okay. Um, and also, I never read the books as a kid, so I didn't have Ooh. the buy-in. Okay. I only watched the movies, which which were, were good, fine, right? They right. were good movies. But um, so my level of buy-in is moderate. But going into this, I'm excited because of what the game is trying to be. So just open world, you can fly. It, right. Magic that excites me. Um, however, it is trying to be a lot of things too. Like there's some farming in it or like some house arranging stuff. 
And I'm at some level, I'm a bit like, Ooh. you know, this Harvestella game that Absy oh, was talking about. Oh, it's trying to do so many things. Right. This Harvestella is like a life sim. It's a, a action JRPG. You know, it's it's, it's kind of trying to do everything, and it feels like it doesn't do any of those things well. Ouch. So just a little master, or, or you know, like a bard. You but know, it's also just the quality. It feels like worse than an indie game's quality because it's it's just it, the, the, yeah. it's so bad. Like, uh, well, the, let's, the go to, let's, and, go, let's go on. Let's go. Let's go on to Harry yeah. Potter real quick because I yes, I do yeah. want to find that. So David, dude, Harry Potter really, man. Really, no. Yeah. N what what what's going on there? Explain I to me. Know. I just I just have uh, no interest in it. Like uh, I didn't grow up with the books. Uh, mm. I was. Uh, yeah, we were way, we, yeah, we were way. Yeah, we were. Like uh, I I um, what is it? Uh, I I enjoyed the movies. They're fine. My my kids don't even care about the Harry Potter world. So like for me, it's been like just completely out of mind. Also, like, you know, I won't bring this up too much here, but like I don't really care for JK Rawlings as an individual. Oh, uh, so oh, Gaia. Yeah, right. So so even though even though she's not, you know, part of the development team or anything like that, it's still her IP and she's a trash human being in my opinion. So yeah. So I don't know. I've 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 just like kind of kept it out of sight but uh i'm glad that you know harry potter fans out there will have something really new uh finally it seems like a really ambitious project i don't know if it's going to nail what it's trying to yeah nail. right like i i haven't been paying attention so maybe you guys can tell me but like has there been a lot released about this because i feel like if there's the is one video that's it like if, if there's like a marketing machine out there i haven't even seen it and i'm on game twitter so you think i would there'd be something out there so that, yeah that's a little a that's a little troubling <laughs> I'm glad David brings that up because I always feel like not that you guys, not that Abzi or Reg or Josh or, or, or Johnny don't follow this, but sometimes when I'm mentioning the lack of PR, I try to explain to somebody what I'm trying to explain and they don't really get it. And it's like, well, after a while, you get very accustomed to how PR works and, and the step up. And if there isn't a ramp up, there's only a couple reasons why. And Feels off. I'm not going to say the publisher, but there's a couple publishers that when they are announced as the publisher, I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go. Like, I just know right away that there be issues um, with this game. David, I think another problem is that Harry Potter was popular at, built around that sole protagonist. And then the world is built around him. Like mm -hmm. it's called Harry Potter, not muggle Hogwarts. or not muggles yeah, not yeah. hogwarts thank you uh, yeah, thank yeah. you i should have bad comparison um <laughs> but i think that it's very difficult to pull off a world without him and halo's having the same issue so we can certainly say halo without master chief might have the same issue with hogwarts they have stated new secrets in this uh in the um in the in the in hogwarts itself no rugby football broom football whatever that's called um quidditch yes, yeah. quidditch yeah. no yeah. no quidditch <laughs> um, but I do think it lacks an identity. Yeah. Because the identity uh -huh. is really Hogwarts, which is weird because the entire movies were based around the identity of the character and, and the threat that that character was under. And now it's like, all right, so we're at a thing. And have you guys ever seen those movies that they try to do a sequel and you're like, we all want to see a sequel because we like the world, but you realize that the entire thing, how can you have a worse bad guy? In, in, how can you have a worse bad guy in Harry Potter than who you had in the movies? It would be impossible. Right. Voldemort. Like, yeah. yeah the yeah. dude's got horcruxes. 
Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh shit, my bad. I remember as a I'm joke, a now. as a I'm joke in another review, I was saying this bad guy keeps showing up. How many Horcruxes does this fucker have? Like, and people knew what I meant because it was a thing. It was Harry Potter that made sense. But now you look at these bad guys and you're like, how do you make a worse bad guy? Now we saw that in Star Wars. They didn't. They just returned Palpatine in the new movies. They were like, fuck it. We can't make a yeah. like Palpatine's pretty, actually pretty awesome. Let's just bring him <laughs> yeah. back. Right. So I think that is an issue that Hogwarts has it. All the other stuff. Also, they have an issue, but uh, Gotham Knights yeah. hit it as well without Batman. Um, I, I guess think I wasn't looking at it, it from a story perspective. I'm more interested in like um, the experience of Hogwarts. The, yeah. And the exploration looked pretty cool. Flying it around does. on a griffin mm -hmm. and like finding apparently you can find dungeons and puzzles. And I was like, OK, that's all interested. the grounds, yeah. Abzi. Yeah, which is going to yeah. be cool, right? All the grounds of Hogwarts. So yeah, I'm with you there. Secrets like that's what I'm interested in. I didn't really. Yeah. From a story perspective, it's like, I don't know what the fuck they would do to uh, tell a tell a good narrative in that in that universe without like the main. main Here's what I wanted. Um, David, did you watch the movies? I did. I watched all of them. So yeah. Goblet of Fire had the other cities, uh, the other schools come. And I remember the, the Russian Russians. school. Yeah. <laughs> and I told everybody, I'm like, guys, if you want to really nail it, start telling stories of characters in these other schools. Because some yeah. of these schools are sweet. Those guys come in doing capoeira with their staves mm -hmm. and they're smashing them. And you're like, and you're you're looking at them going, in their school, is failure mean death? Because these guys are born again hard. Yeah, like, like this is the mobster yeah. dudes. who yeah, And yeah. they come into the, remember they come into Hogwarts in an underwater galleon. And it like comes up out of the water like something out of Pirates of the Caribbean. I was like, dude, that's 10 times sweeter than anything Hogwarts has. Mm -hmm. um, I would have liked to have seen that. So revisiting Hogwarts could also be an issue too. Yeah, where you're just like, been there, done that. Um I mean, we've seen successful games, uh, you know, take on this challenge. And, Do you know, you know it, if any? Uh, I mean, I'm not saying. Yeah, like uh, 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 Star Wars. Uh, is it Fallen Empire? Oh, Jedi Fallen Order or Fallen, Fallen Order? Yeah, yeah, dude. At, well, it also incredible. had one of the best actors ever, but. Incredible, yeah. incredible experience. It had nothing to do with any of like the original Star Wars. True. Stuff. It just takes place in the world somewhere, right? At a specific time that, you know, viewers and fans of the uh, of the movies are very familiar with, right? But a whole like side story with a relatively unknown character. Yeah. With some True. relatively unknown, um, you know, antagonists or at least order of antagonists, right? Uh, that are, uh, I think, until then had only been seen in books and comics. And stuff. Yeah, I believe yeah. they were legend canon kind of thing. Yeah, so I mean, it can That's be true. done. It can yeah. But you're also done. right in the way that my the most memorable scene from that game in my head is when Darth Vader shows up. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, true. Was badass as well, fuck. remember Force Unleashed <laughs> did very well too. Force Unleashed one and two Force were Unleashed. very enjoyable games. Um, the actor yeah. from. Uh, from Days Gone did those, and he did a really good job being Vader's, you know, pad one. Yeah, yeah. and the choice-based, uh, you know. Uh, power creep was a big deal in those. Remember, he stopped right. a Star Destroyer, and, you know, we're used to seeing Luke get shot and barely win, and that guy's, like, stopping Star Destroyers, and power creep is a very big problem in these games, and I, I do think Jedi handled it incredibly well. Jedi, remember, though, was not a Star Wars game. That's the one Souls thing. Game. That game was a Dark Souls game, and then they bought the yeah. IP to do Star Wars later. And so they switched it. That's why you have the bonfires in that game, or save you know, parts. Yeah. Now that I'm really thinking about it, though, like, Star Wars has so much, like, media to pull from, right? Books, everything, right? For decades, and, uh, you know, Harry Potter doesn't have that. You're so right. There might you're be, right. there could be an issue there, right? 
with uh, uh, trying to find lore to put into this True. game. How do you difficult. squeeze something out yeah. of there? I That's mean, like, start, start, now that I'm thinking about Star Wars games, I mean, come on, like, like you know, Knights of the Old Republic, right? Everyone yeah. knows that is like one of the best games ever. One of the... Uh, that's a, well, yeah, it's like a 20 plus year old game that also had a lot that it could pull from, a lot of material, which is great. Uh, Harry Potter, I don't think has that, so... There's Dude. not a lot of lore, I think, in Harry Potter that you can pull from. Well, you know there I mean? isn't. They could build it. We don't have his TV shows, which I think they could do. We don't have the other. Yeah, schools. you can see it the other side where it's like the, you know, you can run, you know, you, you just imagination and you can you have Dude, a lot of space to create. How about this, right? Abzi? Let's blow some minds. How about a CSI Miami style TV show where the muggles can't figure out why the magic is killing people? And they're, you're oh you're like God. a private investigator, normal dude, right? You're like. How's this happening? And it's it's actually magic, but you're a muggle. Like supernatural, but you don't know it's supernatural. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> 1313 was going to be the big thing, too. Mm. And from what Jesse Harlan, the composer on that game, told me, that game was way farther along. Then. Did you guys watch like the New York thing? Like, I don't know. I would never like the monsters or whatever the fuck. They... Oh, shit, David. He just brought up something. Yeah, the David, the the uh, the uh, Harry Potter's uh, the the one where they went the prequels. They had the. Th uh, oh, yeah, I forgot the all about fantastic those. Fantastic yeah. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, not thing. so fantastic. If we can't remember the fucking name, <laughs> but I, I, I really don't know much about like how those came to be. Are they based off like some other stuff that's been written, or are those like purely movies? Like, those are taking the past from her notes and turning the characters mm -hmm. into. And from what I understand, number one was actually pretty good. I do believe that a lot of people had an anti anti Johnny Depp moment where when he was removed, they were like, "Well, I don't want to watch it." Like because he was a major character, I I could I do believe there was some back and forth about that, which can happen if you have it's like also, a, a guy die in a movie and the person replacing him, you're just you know. It's also what you said. It's like it's uh, without Harry Potter, it's like what am I watching? Right? A lot of people were like, okay, well, it's not Harry Potter. It's All right, so well, weird, you know. Let's move from that. Uh, mm -hmm. December's got that. We did Gotham. Anybody do Gotham Knights but me? Did anybody no. here do? Uh, okay, so Gotham <laughs> Knights um had no Batman, right? And mm -hmm. uh, I don't see an issue with that. I do see an issue with their fake Batman characters they chose, though. I think that they really failed. Uh, for example, Red Hood, probably my favorite, which blows me away because that guy looked terrible in trailers. Looked terrible. I was like, this game is gonna suck. And I was playing as Red Hood going, how the hell is he so good? It's because he didn't play like Batman and the others played like bat people. Right. Mm -hmm. Like they had brushed up yeah, like lightly against Batman. Yeah. They were like the recipe, the light version, the diet version of Batman. And and <laughs> instead, what they should have done and said and said, listen, you know, Batman did die. These people who aren't him and aren't exactly archetypes of him um, could have been put in. And, and then yeah, there maybe were you other have like one well, character but... that could play like Batman and then the yeah. other is completely. You don't need Nightwing yeah. and Robin, right? Like, come right, on, yeah. like where, where, are, and, where are we? Well, yeah, or? well, yeah, true. I was saying leave her in because I actually thought she was, right. they were all fun. Um, you know, I didn't love the game. Uh, in fact, it was derivative after, you know, six, seven hours, but um, it wasn't as bad as Avengers, which I felt was insanely shallow location wise and stuff right from the start. But oh, yeah. what do we got for December? We got Callisto Protocol, baby. Oh man, we were talking about, Kind of like uh, uh, when the original team leaves, you know, what happens to that franchise. Right. right? But I'm really excited for this one because I love Dead Space. I and love so we have, Dead Space. We have that team making a whole new thing that clearly is in the vein of Dead yeah. Space. Because, Dude, hey, you know what was so weird? I did not know that it was supposed to take place in the PUBG universe. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I had yeah, no idea. I, I, 
Wait, part of what? me wonders that yeah, it's, it's, it's being <laughs> what's happening? By, Did I have a stroke? By Blue, it's being published PUBG? by Blue Hole. So yeah, like I'm, I'm yeah. wondering if they like kind of made them shoehorn that in. There's no way it was pitched that. It way. was originally. <laughs> I thought. I thought it was. So it was. What's happening, man? Be, I didn't know any of this. <laughs> yeah, it was originally supposed to be in like the PUBG universe, but they. I think they scrapped what? that. Yeah. But... So here's yeah, the thing. Also, I, um, you know, uh, unfortunately, Halloween passed, and I do think that themed games are great. Right? We had Scorn, which was too early. Uh, Scorn mm. had a lot of issues. I would have loved to have seen it a, a, a Halloween game though. It was it was early. Um, we see Callisto going into a December that doesn't have a lot of titles. And I think Callisto has probably the highest chance of being like one of those titles. that's like a blockbuster. Um, th I wasn't happy. I'll just be honest, man. The last trailer I saw. And this is why I don't like trailers. This is why when I when I'm going to review a game, I usually <laughs> actually stop looking at anything because I want to go in fresh. Last trailer really let me down compared to the trailer earlier. That being said, it's everybody who matters. And I've watched a couple of the, I don't know if you guys have seen these YouTube, there was a YouTube video where they said like how they're starting, how they're doing monster creation and how they're doing, you know, trying to get the vibe, you know, he knows what he's, uh, Showfield, right? Isn't that his name? Um, uh, the main guy, um, show is Showfield the proper, is proper last name. I think it is. Somebody will correct me. I'm sure on if I'm wrong, but, um, these guys who are doing this, they know what they're doing and, it feels like we've waited a long time and we've had a lot of pretenders that have never quite hit mm -hmm. it. And um, the better... There's nothing like that space. Yeah. No, and the better that these games do, this is why as a kid I was so happy when I saw, or as an adult, when I started seeing Star Wars TV shows because that means not only will Star Wars be shows, we'll see more Star Trek, which we did. And then we saw Orville, right? So to mm -hmm. me, the more we get, the better. Not even just for the main core. So if these guys do good... Maybe we see more excitement around Alan Wake 2, which the remake mm -hmm. didn't do very well. Maybe we see more excitement around Control, which Control was one of those games everybody talked about, but a lot of people didn't play. And Control is mm -hmm. very good. And so the more of these quirky um, X-Files, uh, uh, Event Horizon, horror kind of games that come out that aren't Resident Evil, the better. Like, I agree. I, I can't wait. And yeah, I hope horror it does is that really one well. genre where you get like 99 bad games and then one good one. You know <laughs> right. What I mean? So <laughs> I, mean, I, I feel like, I feel like the, maybe it's not that bad of a, of a win rate, but like, <laughs> but, but like uh, the one thing that you do see with horror is that uh, once one, you know, hit comes out, you usually see a bunch more come out in a similar vein. And sometimes that can also lead to some cool things. Like if we're going all the way back to Resident Evil days, right? Like that was a pretty unique game on the PlayStation 1. It comes out like 96, I yeah. think, in Japan, 97 uh, in the US. And then it spawns like uh, Konami does uh, uh, Silent Hill because they're like, yo, hey, this like genre's taking off. Yo, Let's tank controls. That, right? right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like... Uh, uh, Square Enix did Parasite Eve, which I wouldn't call a horror game, but similar su survival mechanics and stuff like that. Um, There's and, the was, Ninja and before one, that, right? Alone in the and Dark the was before Resident Evil. Mm -hmm. Alone in the Dark yeah. was already on its third title before Resident Evil ever came out. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Like, Alone in the Dark, uh, yeah. man, DOS, baby. But it was, it, was, it, was, it was super cool to see that, right? And I think like... Uh, uh, there was like a, uh, it seemed like a running gag at Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest uh, with like four or five sci-fi space. Yes, I do remember this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And, but at the same time, like, look, Callisto, we haven't played Callisto yet. Nobody has. Like, yeah. the hopes are high and the hype is high. And I think that that team can totally deliver, right? But what if 
not only will if that game's end up being great, but like the other like two or three games that were in that same show, what if they also end up being amazing? Yeah, yeah. Like, then that's great. That's just more for for someone like me personally who loves space horror shit. Like I'm yeah. way into yeah. it. Yeah. Like um, you know, uh, so we'll we'll see. I'll you know, I I love that there's this, this kind of resurgence of horror. It always it always comes and goes. It ebbs and flows. You know, these Resident Evil remakes have really helped with that. Now mm-hmm. we're getting the Silent Hill uh, two remake by Bloober Team, who have been doing like cool stuff on the smaller indie side, like uh, Layers of Fear. I think Bloober um, did. Did they do Demon Souls or was that someone else? No, that's no, Blue no, Point. They, that's Blue, Blue Point. point. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, but yeah, I I think uh, the stuff's wonderful. Also, like the total plug here, but like we have a game called Routine that's coming out. The the one with oh. Mick Gordon as sound designer. Oh yeah, yeah. Routine. So real yeah. quick, yes. I want to ask David something. Are you okay for time? Because I do yeah, have a yeah. couple questions specifically yeah, totally for cool. you. So this yeah. is where this is why I wanted to get David in. I'm glad you just brought this up, David. I come to you, mm. and I've got two games that are like fifty percent of the way through. Okay. They're that one is horror, and one is mm. like an action shooter. Okay. Do you take dramatic as a publisher, as a as the PR firms and all getting all the stuff ready? Do you take a hugely different tact for pushing and and getting word about this game? And I don't mean just different YouTubers, but do you guys have a completely different like core, like the steps you would even take? For a horror game, let's say this is dark horror, so sci-fi event horizon level body, mm-hmm. you know, do you guys take a dramatically different uh, st- group of steps to get Ooh. that pushed out and see CP- and get like, how, how would you do that versus an action game? Do you let an action game sell itself? Because that's the big deal on a trailer for a horror game. You don't want to show everything. So, so I, yeah, uh, so, hmm. Interesting, cool, awesome question. Uh, I'll answer, I guess, pretty broadly. Uh, so with horror, I think the first thing you have to look at is if the game has like a broad mainstream appeal or if it is like way more of a niche thing, niche. in which case you mm-hmm. go for where those audiences live, right? So I will give you two very quick examples. Go for uh, it, go for it. So Routine uh, is a game that was announced like over a decade ago. Yeah. And then it was kind of shelved. And then uh, we spoke to that dev team and now it's back on the table and we announced it at Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest. And we were like, this game has that type of appeal that an audience like his, who I would say is probably similar to your own audience. Yeah, yeah, a little bit broader. Yeah, like would totally accept that. I have uh, another game, which I cannot talk about, uh, but it will be revealed at the Game Awards uh, in just a few weeks. Exclusive, non-exclusive people. <laughs> Go for it. It, it, it. it also, I'll give you this tidbit, it also uh, skews very much into horror territory. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and the reason, uh, a big reason why we thought that uh, the Game Awards would be a good vehicle for, you know, kind of announcing it is because, again, it has that larger broader main, uh, mainstream appeal and his show has that broader mainstream audience okay um but we have a we have one other game which is like super duper indie and i wouldn't call it horror necessarily as it's more like a kind of a psychological mind fuck that one you know we wouldn't pitch for a show like that we would go way more into like the experimental avant-garde audiences the people that are picking up Signalist, for example, is like the target audience that we would go for, you know, probably some smaller showcase, more targeted stuff going into Reddit communities, 
uh, stuff like that. So I yeah, see. it really okay. it really depends on even even by genre action adventure to horror. It still really depends on what kind of horror it is. Yeah, right? open and broad versus like niche, very specific. Yeah, like uh, th there's a lot to go in there. Action adventure. Yeah, that's uh, that's a f uh, a formula that's a little more easy to gauge, especially in the video game world. You have seen the beats a bajillion times for a yeah. whole bunch of titles. Uh, you've never even done PR, but you could do it if you left what you're yeah, doing right now right. because you've seen the machine so many times in right. that particular genre, right? So when yeah, you like. Oh, sorry, what? sorry. No, no, I was, no, no, that was fish. So when, so when you do get these, and it's always interested me because um, there's there's the risk of people thinking something is PR versus just excitement about a game. And I know I've known you forever, and we've talked everything from Kathy Rain to all these other games. So it's like I know that you like a, a wide variety, but sometimes you'll get that anti PR movement where they're like, "Oh, this is just going to be it's going to be a dead it's going to be like a uh, Resident Evil ripoff or something like that." Mm -hmm. What? Why do you think a game like Callisto uh, captures audience? Why do you think well, when Callisto was announced um, and shown for the first time, why do you think that captured an audience versus something else? Oh, okay, so. My personal, like, kind of perspective yeah. on this is that one, uh, you know, when I look at Dead Space as a franchise, I love one. I think two is fine, and I think three was too much action. Okay. Like three, yeah. three didn't even feel scary. You could yeah, like, right. go up with a friend. Like the tension wasn't there. It was like a fair amount of jump scares and stuff. And yes, one and two even also two that. even two had too much action. Like one was yeah. atmospherically was the best. But anyways, the, yeah. one's atmosphere was incredible. Mm -hmm. And from what I've from what I think we've seen in the marketing materials for Callisto, we this is the experience that they are gunning toward the most. So okay. I think that's why there's that that hype. That's not a diss to, to Dead Space Two or no. I know. Three. Yeah. But like, uh, but I think one is what people remember like fondly, especially also since for some of us, like that was in a, another part of our lives. Like I played, uh, I mean, God, how old was I when Dead Space came out? It's probably in my late twenties, I think. You know, I, I I'm a prime horror guy. I grew up on horror uh, media and stuff, so I you know I've, I've played it for quite a long time. So I'm playing Dead Space. I'm like, dude, this is this is great. Yeah. Right. This is what I missed about survival horror that hasn't happened since Resident Evil 1 or 2 right, when, I, right. when I played on the Xbox 360, right? Um, so I, I think that is the, the biggest takeaway from why people are super excited is because it's this original team who made this incredible game, which turned into a franchise, but this one game they're making now totally emulates. And I, I mean, can you call it emulate when you're the one that created it? I don't know. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, the reason why I was asking this of you, David, is because you can always say the from the creators of Dead Space, but that's easy to miss if you're not watching the exact same thing. But it's mm -hmm. still caught on, obviously. So yeah. they know. So there's something in that that doesn't even require words, and it doesn't require a tag of from the original creators because you can yeah. tell most likely they translated that into the game quite quite do, do, elegantly. So we pick up on it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Do you think? Um that's going to have an impact on like the dead space remake um in any way ooh that's that's a, a good that's question a, that's a really good question yeah i hadn't thought about that i yeah i mean i'm sure that the dead space remake has a blueprint and that's a timeline and they're on a uh, development schedule that they have to maintain because you know it's it's ea right mm -hmm. um 
I don't know if it will impact development itself. I do think it will impact any sort of marketing messaging that will come out afterward. Uh, maybe that's why we haven't heard a lot about the Dead Space remake recently, because they might be waiting to see what Callisto is going to bring to the table. You know, if it's a game that totally flops, then, you know, EA's messaging will be like, yo, this is the experience that you love and remember. Right. Uh, so so get this one. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and if Callisto does really well, then they'll figure out another way to spin Dead Space. I, I don't think they're going to have a problem selling the remake anyways, but obviously mm. there will be huge comparisons. And if Callisto takes off the way that we're all hoping it does, then that the Dead Space remake team has got, uh, you know, they've got a heftier challenge at that point. Yeah. Yeah, because you can't like, then, because then you can't really just like do the same game just with better graphics and then call it a day. I feel like if Callisto provides like more, I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. I I, I was in a reverse situation many years ago uh, when I first met Karak. Um, I was at a company called Paradox, and we released right. a game called City Skylines, which came <laughs> oh, out came yeah. out a year yeah. after <laughs> EA Sims with City. Like yeah. a million DLCs for every Paradox. Game. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. <laughs> Look, man, when I was there, there were no other DLCs. It was just it was just the one game, and then I left like yeah. a few months later, and I and I, and I started or I was at Raw Fury. Two thousand um, dollars to buy this game in full. Sorry, no, continue. No, 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 no. It's okay, but like yeah. the the a part a large part of the reason for that game's success is because uh SimCity 5 which they just called SimCity mm-hmm. um had spectacularly failed yeah <laughs> right everybody True, was yeah. super hyped for that and then it didn't come out and the or didn't come out the way that they were expecting how all these crazy like online only you know restrictions and stuff and and even though that was the original studio that had done uh that had made this new SimCity game it just didn't take off because a lot of people were, a lot of players were angry about the, the restrictions they were having to deal with. So, <clears throat> excuse me, income city skylines, you, you know, a, a competent city builder at the time, not what it is now, you know, not bare bones, but not, you know, yeah. a storied franchise. But it was, it was still great. And people were like, yo, this is what we wanted. Right. Yeah. And that's, yeah when and they fill the, the gap, the right. The same thing happened to Roller Coaster Tycoon with the, yeah. uh, with the other one, Coast, uh, what was it called? Coaster something. There's, um, oh, there's uh, three. There's uh, yeah, yeah. Planet Coaster. Planet, yeah, Planet Coaster. Coaster. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you know, but so yeah, there's some pressure on that Dead Space remake for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and and honestly, I think that could only be a good thing. Uh, yeah, probably. You know. yeah. yeah, yeah. It is funny though. If something does spectacularly well, there's a possibility of it leaching out so that something like it does well. But mm-hmm. there's also the chance yeah. that if something does spectacularly poorly, then the other one will do well if it's competent and good, because people will say that fills the gap that we did not get. Yeah. Filled. Yeah. And yeah. um, it's it, it that is my pro. I think we just described my problem with horror games. Uh, most are mediocre and they don't either <sighs> cause me to say I want to investigate more horror games, nor do they get the reverse thing where I'm angry. And so therefore I'm looking for the next hit. Um, Now, I grew up on like Leviathan, Deep Star 6, a lot of underwater horror. Of course, John Carpenter is my favorite of all time. All of his stuff. That kind of horror doesn't really... I don't know why, but it doesn't do as well as like... I think space horror and Event Horizon sells well because space is creepy as fuck by itself. Mm -hmm. Like alone, like Sunshine, the the movie, you're just like, what is happening? Like, it's so cosmic and beyond us that when you see it, you're like, this is already, it sort of has that built in scariness already. It sort of builds on like a a haunted house sort of has a step up. 
But I've always been stunned at how poorly horror games are usually represented. Um, they're, they usually, I don't know why they fail. I think you did one, one is too much action. You don't want a powerful protagonist. I was also, there was a time I was streaming where I was just looking for a lot of like horror games on Steam, NDAA and all of them. And I found that a lot of them, especially when they want to take power away from the character and you, you know, you're powerless. Like Vis Visage did it really well where I had like interesting puzzles. And interesting what game? Atmosphere. Say that again. Visage. 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 Yeah. It's okay. just on Game Pass now. Yeah, it's really good. Um, But there's others like I played so many where... It's not that scary. And they have you just doing these menial, stupid shit, like getting like a blue orb and putting it into a blue circle and putting a, you know what I mean? Doing these like weird, mm -hmm. stupid, like menial tasks with no cool atmosphere. And a lot I think of they didn't realize too that Resident Evil has you do really stupid stuff. Like in a police station, there's a giant statue that for some reason opens up a door to like an underground <laughs> right. area. Yeah. But the reason why it worked, like, I mean, I'm telling you guys, I played Resident Evil and the, the, the fucking dissonance, the narrative dissonance in those games is so stratus. It's beyond belief, but you buy into it because they also do other things very well. And yeah. um, I also do, I got to talk to the guys who made Code Veronica. And well, one of the guys, uh, he's passed away, but he was one of the programmers. And he was telling me that one of the issues with Code Veronica that they ran into uh, was they had a quick turnaround button. So it still had some tank controls, but it was nowhere near as bad. But it had this button that you could press and the character. Well, that removed fear. And they were trying to figure out how much percentage of fear it actually removed. And it was quite large because the fear in those old Resident Evil games was you were riding a skin tank. This guy couldn't do shit. He was the most uh, like his back was fused. He was just uh, trying to turn around. And how do you work your way out of that? And I think the lack of power that we see in a lot of games is them trying to return fear by taking that lack of power. That doesn't work mm -hmm. because it because the orb thing that Resident Evil gets away from it because they also understand B horror, uh, you know, you, the master of unlocking, they understand terrible narrative, yeah. you know, and you, but we laugh because to us, that is quite literally Resident Evil. If it wasn't, you'd be like, mm, and eat something else. Like the bad voice acting and like the cringy yeah, yeah. dialogue. Dude, the first one on the Sega Saturn, the door would take like 17 minutes to open. The cutscene? Yeah, the and it'd be like, and you, you were almost like, a Jill sandwich. Oh my <laughs> God, it's so bad. Luigi's Mansion took that and ran with it. Luigi's Mansion yeah, really. It. But yeah. I, I think when we look at these games for December, um, it is weird. Like Callisto, I think is a perfect one for whatever reason. It might tap into the fact that like society itself, we've got some issues in society itself and war. There's a depression there. Um, you, you want the happy games, but you also, I mean, sometimes you tap into that, you know, depressive I, thing. I, and I asked uh, on Twitter, recently i was like uh i put out this tweet that was like yo i really want to play a game that's just gonna fuck me up like it's just gonna royally screw right. me over psychologically and i i got Massage. a bunch of i got a bunch of oh okay i'm gonna put that on the list <laughs> uh i got a, a a few recommendations uh and a lot of them weren't horror right but one one of them did fuck me up um so I, i'll i'll say it out loud it's called yeah. the static speaks my name and I won't even attempt to tell you what is in this game. It's not even that scary. It's just unnerving. And then uh, there's a payoff that is incredibly unnerving. And the whole experience is like 10, 15 minutes tops. Oh, like, no shit. Wow. That's yeah, cool. It's That's really cool. short. I played a bunch of these like short ones recently. But short and impactful, obviously. But yeah. that, that particular one really messed me up 
like uh, and i don't like i don't want to spoil it but uh and again don't even play it unless you want something to fuck you up um psychologically i think that's i think that we do search it out though i mean (laughs) like uh, well for example i know certain times in my life where i can feel myself um going towards like dean Koontz, and i'll be like well why oh i want something that's a little like questionable in this way Mm -hmm. or you know a little scary Mm -hmm. not scary but his is more supernatural goofy um and then sometimes i'll grab i did grab dead space they had some novels i don't know if you guys have ever read them Mm -hmm. but the novels are definitely more towards the first game and they're more towards the event horizons, body horror, the thing. Uh, Cause what are those called? The necro uh, neck? Uh, what are the, what are the, Oh yeah. What's the remember. body shift? It's like yeah. an obelisk in this one that lands and the people slowly go mad. And the, in the book, you're reading some of their journal entries that, where they're losing it, you know? Mm-hmm. And you're just like, Oh shit. You know? And there's something very creepy and dark about that kind of stuff where like a technology or some unknown thing adjusts humans, I mean, you know, it works like very the, well. The, the religious undertones as well. Very much so. Uh, yeah. Very yeah. much so. I remember yeah. reading, uh, uh, up leading up to dead spaces launch. There was like, uh, like a, a small series of comics that I think they were putting out. They on did. The for they free. did. Yep. So those were great. They were like, awesome uh, by the way. Yeah. 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 Um, so. I think that that's another cool water cooler th- thing where we're starting to get comics based on games. 13 had a comic, which I loved 13. Yes, David Duchovny can act. I get it. But I thought that game was phenomenal. And they had a TV show or a movie. Not very good. But they had uh, they had some comics that were very good. And I love that people who maybe never have read a comic. I'm not a big comics fan. I like books. Mm-hmm. I don't like gaps. And, you know, uh, that's all a comic is, is like gap, gap, gap. It's on purpose. Um, but it's very cool when people who like those different types of te- of stuff can jump in. We saw it with anime. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, Pitch uh, Riddick had an anime for a small amount of time oh, for Pitch no. Black. Very good, by the way. Most people consider the anime to be better than some of the movies. I like all of those movies, but yeah. I get where they're coming from. But like Abzi mentioned Castlevania earlier in the show, Castlevania absolutely rock an anime for all intents and purposes. And mm. so that means somebody who doesn't like anime normally can maybe look at that and go, maybe I do like anime. Yeah. You know, and maybe they won't, maybe they won't, but it's, it's still to me, this is why I'm so happy because when I was a kid, um, I, I was always a bigger guy, so I was never teased, but I was pretty open about liking video games. But you you know that it was a different mentality than it is now. You know, it was. I remember Xbox sort of started it with, who's the guy who played The Hobbit? We talked about this last podcast. Uh, 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 Martin Freeman? Uh, no, in the original Eli- one. He Elijah, played, Elijah, Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood. Oh, and he uh, had his Frodo. Xbox. Yeah. yeah, he had his Xbox in a bag. and They were taking pictures of celebrities. And it started to creep up where it was becoming more and more oh not okay but it was like acceptable yeah Yeah. and you didn't think about it in the same way because i mean especially because i always worked out i didn't get shit where it was like people thought i was sedentary but i think for a long time people always thought video gamers were going to be you know not moving around just staring at the screen which admittedly does happen but it is so cool to see all this it's cool to see the movies and the animes overlap um I got to tell you guys, I, I wish we saw more overlap with John Carpenter because I'm as oh. a big John Carpenter fan. I played the thing and I thought that was quite good as a game. Um, not as good as I mean, like, I'm not an idiot. 
wasn't as good as a movie. Like that's my favorite thing in the world. But They <laughs> right. Live would fit right now better than anything in the world. Oh they God. Live is one of the best movies that's ever been made. Um, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Rest in peace, man. Hello. Yeah, dude. Him and <laughs> him and what's his name in the fight? Uh, Keith David. Mm-hmm. They do the WWE fight in the in the and and he's dropping elbows on his nuts and you're just like this movie's insane man that was such a good movie and um it's awesome man it it makes me excited for the future to see everybody coming together where Walking Dead was I I thought was actually really cool with Telltale because I actually liked a lot of the Telltale Walking Dead games and I remember being like wow this is cool like that that we're starting to see a sharing now maybe not the Mario movie maybe not the, the- new one. The but. game that I mentioned, the, uh, the Static Speaks My Name, it's done by a single developer whose name is Jesse Barksdale, and he was a writer for Overkill's The Walking Dead. Which no I don't, shit. I don't, I don't know if that was uh, accepted as well it, as it Telltale's. It wasn't, but, but, but still. But still, sorry. Just no, a silly that's fine. thing that popped in my brain. <laughs> no, it's so. fine, and it also shows people, you know, I do want to give kudos again to um, Unreal and and soon I hope we're saying the same thing about CryEngine and and Unity, but um, these dev tools are getting so much like more accessible that somebody mm-hmm. who wants to do horror that hasn't been seen before can play all this. The best horror fans or the best horror makers are horror fans. You know, they they grew up. Stephen King grew up on stuff and his own life. And it, people being able to make this stuff is it's awesome. And the idea that a guy made a fifteen minute game that whether your term of fucked you up is good or bad. The fact is it made an impact and it was 15 minutes. And that to me is there's how many, okay. How about this? Is there a short story? There's a couple telltale heart and a couple others that, you know, 15 minutes or 20 or 30 minutes, you know, would impact me. But I think games have it. Games have the ability of saying, and how many times have we played a game where most of it's okay, but they have 15 minutes in the game that is amazing too. And we talk mm-hmm. about it and we're like, holy shit, you know, this game was okay, but that last boss was, did you got, do you remember that or whatever? And I, that's why my love for games will probably never die, dude, because yeah. every time you guys talk about games, I'm just notching a thousand other titles I can play. There was a, there was a narrative adventure I played recently that uh, it would, it's not horror, but it was like very bleak. So first, I you know I live on the indie side of the thing, so I'm always playing these weird smaller yeah. titles. But like, um, it's it's just called Adios, uh, and I won't go too much into it. But like, the one thing I'll say is that uh, video games are a really great, amazing, unique medium. They are interactive, which I don't think enough people uh, enough understand. Maybe even like, yeah, totally fully utilized, especially yeah. for narrative stuff. The reason why I'm pointing this particular game out is because. There is a conversation that happens in it between the main character that you play and his son. And up until this point in the game, you think that they have a, they probably have like a stable relationship, but it turns out they don't. They're having this, this, uh, this conversation on the phone and in the UI, there are these dialogue choices and there's one that's in like kind of bold black lettering. And Mm -hmm. there are two more that are grayed out. And this was, I thought this was super cool. I tried to click on the grayed out ones because those those are the things I wanted to say, but it would not let me. And instead, like the conversation option would go away, and then all you'd hear is like a quick audible grunt from the character. Oh, and whoa. this was this was the developer's way of showing you the internal monologue of this father talking to his son, the things that he wanted, wanted to say to as say. a father, but could not say, and the game did not let you choose them, but it showed them to you, and then they went away. And That's awesome. Like, oh, 
That's mind blowing, isn't it? Yeah, I was like, this is smart. This, and it's it's that's better than saying charisma is not high enough. And this is the right, and you can only yeah. do it in a video game. Yeah, you can only do it. You can't you can't do the same type of process in a movie without it sounding sounding dumb, like the inner monologue of a character speaking out loud, right? So the audience knows what the guy's thinking, but then he says something different. Like you can't, you couldn't do it any, you couldn't do it in a book. Because a book yeah. will just have to lay out, and I love books. I love reading. Uh, but you couldn't do it in a book either, because again, all it's going to do is just like uh, he felt he wanted to say this thing, but said this right. instead. Right. right. Only yeah. in games could you could you have this kind of interactivity. That's awesome. And what's even more mind blowing, David, is your experience with that interactive. I could have the exact same interactions and and pick up on the same stuff you did, and pick up on something different because of the way I got to that point. One mm -hmm. of the things that I'm always trying to explain to people about games is I'm like, somebody will ask me, why do you play the same game two or three times? For example, you know, I played Mass Effect prior to three. I played Mass Effect one well over 50 times, like and Knights mm -hmm. of the Republic's well over 100. And people be like, dude, seriously? And I'm like, well, it's a book, a game. It's it's interactive. I can change up. One thing I said here is now affecting my thought process over here. Mm -hmm. And there's all these. And it's just it's not the same. And as somebody who re I watch shows hundreds of times in a row, like I'll just because I love shows and I love seeing different little things. But with games, even if you took a different path, sometimes something has completely it's changed your you've come at it from a different angle and you're like, oh, Whoa, now the guy's over here, and I just realized that's right there. That's what he was talking. I thought it was something else. And good developers do it sometimes subconsciously, I think, where maybe they don't even know, you know, that they've set it up that way, but you see it. And it, dude, it's it's so phenomenal to see like you shout out some indie, like I, I have nothing against big AAA games. I love them. For example, Morden in Mass Effect 3 when he sings, that's like one of the most poignant times I think I've ever seen it. Isn't it Morden who sings in number three when he's... Mor Morden? Uh, uh, Mor doesn't Morden have the song and he's singing and then he, when he kills himself in three and says, uh, "I, you know, it had to be me. Like I was the oh, only right. one who could do this. It's been so long since yeah. I played three. But the the you can have it in all these big games, but there's something about it to where like you see these poignant moments and they stick with me more than books. And I would say I like books more, but there's something about a game when like that interactivity hits and you got Definitely. there for there's a reason you the, got there. There's also the magic where, so in stories and books and movies, uh, you know, they tell a story, but you don't get these moments. I feel like games are closer to reality because you get those moments where you're just walking around with like your companion and you're just shooting the shit or talking that you're not going to see in a movie because it's going to be boring. You're just going to look at a guy running for like 30 minutes and talking to his friend, right? Yeah. So you yeah. get those moments where there's downtime, where it's like more human. You know what I mean? Where it's like nothing crazy is happening, but you're kind of just like walking with someone and chatting. You're hanging out you know? with them in a way. You're, mm -hmm. you're just like hanging mm -hmm. out or, or or like you get those, you go through the trials and tribulations or like fucking, you know, that stranding running around for like hours doing nothing, right? You're, you're not going to get those moments in like actual uh, movies. Or, and I think or, with or narrative, you have different like movie makers like Tarantino or what I don't know if I'm pronouncing his rank. Yeah. I always pronounce it after the pizza, but that guy, his his conversations are what people think they sound like in real life and they don't they sound like we sound like idiots in real life nobody talks <laughs> like that the yeah. pregnant pause in video games is the best part the pause where you look at choices and you're like uh 
shit. Yeah. Who do I want to be in this conversation? Yeah. And yeah. um and then you can meta role play, which I've done before where I'm like, okay, I'm going to play Mass Effect Shepard, but I'm going to pretend he's uh like a human supremacist, like he hates all other aliens. So yeah. all my choices are based on now me almost yeah. like a D&D player. Mm -hmm. And sometimes picking choices that maybe don't flow the way a person who is playing the good guy plays. And you guys know me, I like to I I like to be as evil as possible in most games like cuz in real life you can't so in a game, mm -hmm. I'm like, but then you replay a game and you're like, you know what? I don't want to, I'm going to play it a little bit different. Or have you guys ever played that game where you were playing a certain way and then you get to that point and you're like, that's the no return. Like, there's no way I'm choosing that. Even yeah. though technically it would fit with everything you've done. Occasionally you'll get that choice in a game and you're like, Hey man, character development, you develop, you know, you're, this shit ain't happening. Like, okay, well, it happens not. in funny enough. It happened in pillars of eternity. Those games, tyranny. Mm -hmm. Tyranny is probably yeah, yeah. one of my favorite RPGs of all time. Yeah. And Tyranny had you playing a bad guy who was a good guy who was a bad guy. Yeah. Like it was it was that odd meta narrative where you were like, I'm not really as bad as maybe everybody's making me out to be, but I technically am and and your god was and oh tyranny was good. Did, were you I mean, there during Tyranny, David? No, I was I was there when we were when Paradox was talking to Obsidian about publishing it. Gotcha. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I was I was already gone. When Did you get a chance it. to play Tyranny? I didn't. Uh, <sighs> I, I have it in my Steam library, but I it's did not tight play it. too, bud. It's short. It's like, not. Uh, it's not pillars length. It's I, short because I, there's so I many choices. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I yeah. can appreciate. Like, uh, what was I going to say about uh, the Tyranny? Oh God, I forget. Never mind. It escaped me. But anyways, like uh, um, a a good a good narrative adventure like just cannot be beat. Like uh, I think the thing that I really appreciate about tyranny, I've remembered it now is that uh, you, you've described uh, your experience as I am this protagonist that is not good. That's not evil. You've just described every human being. Like we're all great. Exactly. Beings. Just, nothing's mm -hmm. most, most of the time, nothing's black and white. Yeah. Um, you know, most tyranny did that really cool. well. It was yeah. very difficult choices that you had to make. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, and you're doing the best you think probably. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, but not, no one's ever perfect. So, you know, humans are complex characters. I think when you have a narrative that can truly, um, like, uh, explore that is when these uh, instances seem very real to us. It's and it's vampire, all dude. Vampire. That's actually <laughs> what I was going to mention. Tell, do you tell the mother of a suicidal guy that is going to commit suicide? Do you, do you eat him? Man? I ate him. Remember? Dude, I, yeah. I ate dude, that guy and choice. then had to apologize to his mom for eating there him. There was one choice where this dad of a kid was looking after. No, this dad of a kid has his friend looking after him, but the dad didn't know that his dead wife cheated on him with the other guy and the, the kid was actually the other guy's, oh, the guy's legitimate kid. son oh, yeah. oh my God. and i was like dude what the fuck yeah like those dude those that's, choices a, in that's a black was... mirror that is a black mirror episode yeah. that i watched yeah. i remember i oh killed God. that kid because he was all depressed and i go to a, I, yeah. I i went to his mom and his mom is like i just she didn't know he was dead and she's just like i'm looking for my because i i met him after everybody else met him first i just happened to go around the other side of the building so i met the the kid first and she like laid out all this stuff about this child. And I'm like sitting there with blood on my face. That's his, you <laughs> dude, know, I and I'm like, only, the... Oh, I, fuck. Dude, I killed one dude in the game only. 
And oh, that wow. dude, because uh, so, no, I killed multiple, but like the first guy I killed, I was like, okay, this guy's despicable. There's nothing redeeming. Oh, about I know what you're talking about. Nothing. Yeah. And then I killed him, and it's like, oh, so he uh he had an orphanage. Yeah, he, he had an orphanage, and he was paying <laughs> like he was paying to like take care of people in this. I still remember in that game, yeah. I got to the one point, and it's like, do you want to save these guys or not? And I didn't. And then I fight this terribly hard boss halfway through the game. And I find out it was the guy having been turned into a werewolf. I didn't save him. And he got turned oh, into one. And I was like, I read it. I killed him and I read the yeah. journal. And it's like, I feel weird, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, I like that guy. What the fuck? Yeah. I just thought, because most games don't, they they don't handle the one, two, three, four. They get to one, two. And then they're like, this person's yeah. moved past four. We don't need to worry about it. And Vampire... The tightness of Vampire is is white. And it's the same way with Plague Tale. I think mm-hmm. Plague Tale, Innocence, and Requiem, people just don't get how good those games are because they're tighter. And the story and, and the weird things that go on with, especially in the second one, where it's like the human shield is broken. And she is like, she is in bad shape. And you have to play going like, just how far do I push it? And then you start to realize some you know maybe it hasn't worked in oh man that game is good like yeah. did, have you played those yet david have you no, played i haven't but now you've really got me interested now vampire like, is like some Vamp- of the best vampire uh, is amazing choice. but plague tale innocence and, and requiem tale, are two of I, the best narratives in games i'm not gonna lie if if we weren't having this conversation right now i don't even think i would have looked in this direction whatsoever oh, and gotcha. now i'm incredibly yeah intrigued. yeah dude I it, really am. It, 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 it's so cool to see because they're double a which is yeah the, there's a lot the, of cool shit in the it's double the a sexy space. of i don't care what anybody says man there's the stuff that goes on in double a especially when incredible sometimes dude man. it's and i remember it's, talking to yeah. one of the developers about it i was like why and he's like well listen dude if we if we take the chance and no one notices whatever so we just take the chance a lot of times and i was like that's a thing they they have yeah, you, if, they, you, you if it's done it. right they sometimes have like the kind of some of the best of both worlds where it's like the innovation of indie with like some more quality well, look at vampire or... it played like bloodborne vampire had yeah. very hard difficulty damage at time or, or battles at times and you didn't have the best control because they weren't up to snuff but it had enough but it also had the story chops and those all the those dialogue, characters the writing man was just so good in that game dude there's the stuff writing. that happened in vampire where i was like i don't know if another game would even not tried as in they were challenging i'm not saying that mm-hmm. i'm saying i don't think they would have wasted the man hours where a double a developer is like well our money is actually not in the tech our money is on the writers, so let's just go yeah. ahead and and see what we can do. And we saw the same thing in Divinity. I think Divinity Original like Sin, Greedfall. Divinity Original Sin did some crazy stuff because the, they sort of already knew what they like where the tech was. So it's like yeah. let's. And Divinity is one of the first games, even the original Divi- Divine Divinity, where you can mix and match spells and make other spells. And I remember the first time people saw that, being so impressed and being like, "Oh my God, what!" Like and it, it offers something to gamers that big titles may be better at delivering the that like movie moment, but they mm-hmm. sometimes it, you know it's a movie even though it's a great movie. You're like, yeah. you know, we're all here probably. And in Vampire, I can guarantee you, we weren't all where I was. Yeah, I guarantee you, if we all sat and we all played Vampire at the end, we would have all had completely different, at minimum ten or fifteen different huge experiences where we'd be like, what. You did what? And yeah. there's something magical about that. And that's why in discords and stuff, I love where somebody's like, hey, I did this. And they say it off the cuff because they think everybody did it. And you're like, I did. 
who? I didn't even see that guy, you know, and you yeah. find out you killed that dude or something and, and you just have that magic. Uh, rolling this up, I wanted to finish with next year. So January, February, March. Let's just pretend January. Well, January is pretty big. January and March. We know uh, Dead Island moved. That one was on the, sorry, that was on the menu. Everybody knew that was moving. But when you look at January, February, any games you guys think are going to move? Or do you think they're Hogwarts, all going to put probably no maybe. Hogwarts is this Hogwarts is uh, is uh, December I think isn't it no no it's February tenth oh they yeah. they delayed Hogwarts they delayed you're it, right yeah. they delayed yeah. Hogwarts I got to remember that okay um, any other games in February you guys think might um, like and Atomic Heart maybe I'm 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 thinking yeah Atomic Hearts had that rough everywhere right yeah. it's been rough in all places. Um, I want them to hit it though. I'd rather yeah. have them delay. Um, February is nuts. February is legitimately like stupid packed with games. And I don't know if we have the money to pay for them all. That's one of the <laughs> things I'm worried about is that if I was a developer, could I wait till March and get more sales just simply because, you know, we only have a, 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 a certain amount of budget as gamers. And it feels like, um, what is with February? Is there is there like a certain is it like an optimist? Uh, yeah, David, do you know? In like a financial year or something like. Like, do you know David in February? Why February is where everybody chose? I think he's oh, frozen. Is he doing something. He is frozen. Oh, uh, by um, the way, I think Forspoken is one that maybe David gets pushed. David, you back? I am back. You, I don't know uh, what happened. Um, I, we were asking you, do you know why February is such a big deal? Do you know why February no, I, became the... I have no idea. Like, uh, But but I, I mentioned it earlier. Like, I'm way into it. <laughs> I'm like, this is, <laughs> this is super cool, man. Let this window exist. Like, um, uh, for February, I think the one I'm looking forward to is... Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but it's called uh, Deliver Us Mars. Yeah, oh, yeah. dude, I did a video on Mars, it. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm Can't very wait. curious about that. So. Yeah. Like, uh, I think it's, uh, is it a Dutch team that did deliver us the moon? And this is like the kind of their follow-up. Yep. Uh, so I, I like that, you know, the first one was like a Kickstarter success story. So, uh, is that so, yeah. the one where they showed a trailer where it was like super retro colorful, like, yeah, 80s no, 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 bro. That? You're talking about the flash Gordon looking yeah, fucking shooter yeah. slash. So <laughs> everything looked like cylindrical Um, that's called, uh, I did the same video that I did deliver us Mars. I put that in that video. Because, yeah, it was like very um, bleak, but like, but, but like, like Flash Gordon-y almost. Yeah. yeah, from the attack, it was so cool. Yeah. Oh, it looked. I, I believe it was Attack or something. It, it's almost like a lot of them remind you of of like um, Attack of Mars. Uh, what was that Mars? Mars Attacks. Mars like, attacks. I, yeah, yeah, that was brought up as um, mm. as that. But I think February, you also have you do have the one that. Um, Forspoken that Johnny mentioned. Forspoken. Oh yeah, yeah. That one I don't. Dude, there's like three games that are exactly like Forspoken, right? There's like the Flintlock one, and then there was like a third one that was like very similar to. But then again, that is kind of the Sony style of games, so it's not a surprise that you know. Kinda right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, David. Have you seen anything for Forspoken? That's the one with the uh, protagonist with the talking bracelet and like magic and. Urban. Very cringe I, dialogue. I, very. I saw, cringe. I saw the first trailer for it come out, and I was like, "Oh, this is cool," but I, but I haven't yeah. kept up with it to be honest. Yeah, I mean, especially somebody like you who's working in games, I'm sure it can be difficult to like 
cover your own <laughs> stuff and then also try to like track. Do you set up time to play? As in, do you I, schedule? I time? try to, yeah. Like I, I try to play um, like uh, a couple evenings during the week if I can. Mm -hmm. uh, but they have to usually be like smaller experiences, just because I don't have a ton of time. But like uh, you know, I, also I think because I pay a, a more attention to a different part. Uh, yeah, that what's on my list is different than yours. It's like there's a game, there's a game that's unannounced, but I I want to say it's coming out Q1 called She Dreams Elsewhere, and it's probably my the one I'm looking forward to the most. It's uh, I'll call it a JRPG turn-based game, but it's not a JRPG. The aesthetic of it kind of looks like Undertale. Yeah. Uh, but the writing of it is like, God, let me put this in a real way. So there was a demo for it that came out last year. It's not available right now, but I'm sure it'll come up soon. When I played this demo, it takes place in like an apartment party, like a complex, like in a big city, like show up at your friend's party. And there's like a bunch of people hanging around. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen Russian doll on Netflix. Yeah. But it's kind of like, it's kind of like that. Oh, it gotcha. Starts okay. Off, it starts off in this place. Uh, and everyone that's talking is speaking like they're an actual human being. The way that we are talking to each right, other. Right. It's got now. the, it feels like it's actual people discussing yeah, versus narrative. It feels narratives. like it's actual people. You know, they're using like, like modern slang, you know, like, oh, yeah, like I'm vibing right now or blah, blah, blah. You know, like the, I remember the demo I played, like started off with you trying to find your drunk ass friend who you eventually find. And then she pukes at her feet right in front of you in a crowd of people. I'm like, yeah, I've seen that part. Yeah, right. We've yeah, all been yeah. there. God, <laughs> right? Oh my God. Judgment. Uh, Lost Judgment. Lost Judgment did had, that really had well. Incel and Simp. They used Incel oh. and Simp. And I was like, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> um, I do the Eyes on Indies. And I think this fifth, I think I'm going to get one out this week. And I usually try to cover 12 Indies. So I think I've covered about 70 total. Mm -hmm. And what I've found with, what I found with indies is that the, some of them look graphically better than they used to, but I have noticed some indie devs are still sort of holding on to the rough look on purpose, which I don't have an issue with. It's sort, I think that that can actually help where it does. Cause if it, if they, you know how, if you type in unreal render, everybody knows what an unreal render looks like. And so mm. what's cool is some of these guys do something that's a little off skew, a little off. And and I think with Forspoken, that is one of the things for me, Johnny, that Forspoken looks like days gone, looks like, you know, everyone <laughs> like, and there's something about that, that it, at some point is probably going to burn the creators. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe not this game, but I just mean over time that you, that's why um, we talked to Joshua Davidson, Borderlands succeeded. 80% of the reason was its artistic choice to remove the gritty, because I have screenshots of that prior to them doing the cell shading, whatever their artistic turn it was. wouldn't have stood out. Borderlands would not have done as well. It would not have done near, and even he was very open to that. He's like, if they had st stuck to the same gritty gears, brown and blue style, it would have had nothing other than its, you know, explosions of items, and they wouldn't have looked the same. And instead, going cell shaded help. And I, I think with some indies, we see that where they sort of keep to that one particular look, and it it's works funny, quite well. It's it's funny you say that because she dreams elsewhere definitely uses this palette. Like it uses like a lot of like these uh, uh, this dark contrast like between like straight up black, but then like neon blues, neon pinks, these sorts of things to get them to and pop. Does, yeah, no, but it does it does it in a really cool way. Like uh, you know, it's definitely it's just, it look it's a two D sprite game, right? 
done, being done by one guy who's doing everything. So working in pixel art is way easier than trying to do 3D modeling on your own, right? Yeah. Creating, creating a wire, creating textures, putting right. textures on. Yeah. So like, uh, but it's uh, that's not the selling point for the game at all. It's just the what he's working with. It's the it's the narrative because again, the dialogue is great. It's very it feels just feels real. Uh, and like he's also using um, uh, music that is explicit. Not it's not licensed music, so you're not hearing like Snoop Dogg or Dre like you would in. But like, it's Grand in that in that wording. Oh, oh, it's completely. Yeah. It's completely modern and urban. And I was like, what the fuck am I listening to? Got I'm some too short going. Except it's not too short. It's yeah. Like, you know, it's like three three short from yeah, Philly. Yeah, very long. So they, right. <laughs> right. Just it's a like, total rip off it, of it. It's like, so, yeah, it's like somebody else, right? Who is also, whoever they are, is like incredibly talented. But I was like, oh, shit. I'm hearing curse words and all kinds of stuff that will not fly like uh, in a triple. Oh, you get an instant mature rating immediately. Yeah. I was like. But this is what, what I like about the the indie part, and I guess Double A. Now that I'm hearing about stuff like Vampire, you know, they're, they're taking some cool risks. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. which is awesome. It, it is so weird because it's like I and I'm known now. I can definitely tell because whenever I do a Double A, like those videos do insanely well, and people are like they know that that's like my my shit. But it's it, there. There is something there where there's a little not risk taking. I don't even want to say that because I do know Triple A devs who have fought for some stuff and when it gets in the game and it's awesome but there's something where maybe they don't have to fight and i think there is a positivity you know how sometimes you hear like the only good creator is the one who has to consistently battle his demons or whatever you see that with book writers and you're mm -hmm. like eh, i'm not quite sure that's the fastest best way to get everything out mm -hmm. like if it's constantly a battle maybe that's not good and tr i think with double a's sometimes it's not a battle it's just that they know a battle may come and so they're ready and they put it in and then somebody doesn't battle them. They're like, oh, cool. That's in the game. And yeah. it, it, there's something almost uh, indie times two about it, where it's just like it feels like an indie, but there it maybe it looks a little better. Maybe they have some more mature systems. I also think yeah. one of the big problems we're getting into and we'll wrap this up now, but um, I just saw some news that, um, you know, we know that the the uh, nemesis system, you know, they they copyrighted the nemesis system for the lord of the rings games so no one can use those and interesting yeah and that, that that's happened for a while i know the ubisoft developers that i've talked to were quite upset because they did cultists in uh they did in each one origins odyssey and valhalla they've always had a nemesis style mercenaries mercenaries cultists. that's what it was right. and mercenaries cultists and um that has uh, to be shoot. A, but that has it, to be a first right like in in law precedent well not only that but um it's a pretty wide IP, uh, a pretty wide trademark. I'll just say that yeah. to the point to where it's very difficult to say if it's hitting that trademark. But the reason why I brought it up is because I, I do know of a game that got very close to it. And most of the game was based on a nemesis style system. And I got to play an alpha. We're talking way early. Super early. Yeah. But what I played... Imagine mixing good procedural generation with a nemesis system that actually... Uh, the Lord of the Rings had some mistakes. Like I'd cut somebody's head off. I'd kill them completely. They'd still come back and you're like, okay, there's some bugs. Like there was, but it's still, the idea was good, but this was awesome. So damn you, that with procedural generation. Think like about a roguelike that has that. Would be uh, dude, the monsters look like dark souls monsters that have been procedurally put together. So when you oh, fought shit. them and if they killed you and you came back to them, 
um, they would also impact the land. So, for example, one guy killed me with plant-style magic, natural magic. When I went into the area, the entire place was overgrown with green stuff to slow me oh, down fuck. automatically. That's and so cool. they were too close. They were like, we're going to have to wow. pull back Damn. and decide. Yeah, they were, and this is so a... is it like um, a patent where it's like there's like... The, yeah, a, so a they IP... Yeah, they or... patent... Yeah, Warner, this is not Warner Brothers, right? Or is it? Who? War, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So they patented the Nemesis system. And w when you read the patent... Man, I got to tell you, like, if Ubisoft is having an issue, you know everybody's going to. Because Ubisoft can generalize anything. They're pretty good at being yeah. like, eh, there's some shit in there. But it and was... They got people. That but they got, yeah, yeah, let my have, pe let my have people, people threaten your people. It's kind of <laughs> shitty because like you, you draw inspiration from other games. Oh, dude, Nemesis, like Nemesis should have system. never been IP. No, they they hurt gaming. Um, yeah. And I, I, you guys I, know me. I don't even love the Nemesis system, but I do love the idea of it. Go yeah. ahead. I'm shocked, I'm shocked that like it could even be even passed. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I yeah. mean, his historically, I mean, and there's so many cases with this precedent that like you cannot trademark game mechanics. Like, right. You know, yeah. when, whenever you're going after anybody for like, yeah. hey, that game looks similar to mine. That there's a whole bunch of things you have to prove, and one of them is not game mechanics. Like that has been struck down so many times. So I'm like legit. Yeah, you, you should. If you get a chance, you should <laughs> check this out because um. And it did get passed, at least at the time. It was it was for sure passed. And this was about a year ago when I did the alpha. But what I saw would have probably... I'm not going to... I don't want to hyperbolize this. What I saw, and in the 15 to 25 minutes of playing it, it would have been... It would have blown... If it continued, and it did, I saw three different times where they affected the ground and the location with what I had died from. It would have probably changed a lot of a lot of gaming going forward because i don't think anybody can even take their idea i could be wrong on that part but they were very nervous they were going over the top of some stuff and um and it was difficult too uh, at that time cpu wise because there were some things they had to track and they had to adjust a, a land where if you go into it and there's too much overgrowth now your gpu can't right and this was prior to dls2 that's how old this demo was but what i saw blew my mind because I had a lot of ideas of like, oh my God. So if this guy killed me with ice and I return and this entire area is frozen, now I'm sliding on the ground, which by the way, they did have working at the time. Wow. And I was like, so can I melt the ground then? And then will that slow, will that do more damage? There were all these ideas in my mind of where this demo thing was going. And I want to see not just that game. I want to see that because I yeah. do believe that dark souls, uh, remix mods are some of my favorite. They take oh, all yeah. the monsters and move them around. So the idea of a Dark Souls style game or any game where the difficult uh, the battle is to where you can die to a single enemy, where that enemy adjusts to you, is sort of the opposite of Lord of the Rings, where there's a bunch of bad guys and you might die to one of them in this group. And this game felt more personalized because the guy was already hard. And then they were like sucking in the history or essence of your death and adjusting the world because of it. And I was like, oh, this is the yeah, shit. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So cool. hopefully, you know, I haven't been in contact with them for a while. They're a non-English speaking company. It was, um, I was using a translator. They liked the channel, but hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll see them, you know, because I actually think that's where, like we were talking about the narrative of vampire changing enemies mm -hmm. don't change right now. And I do yeah. think well, that if we get thing. that, it'll be mind blowing. Yeah, that's one thing I really liked in the old the Metal Gear Solid Five, where enemies, if you oh put the helmets night, on, yeah, or yeah. if you do it, a lot of headshots, they put helmets on or whatever, like stuff like that. I really like. Did you play that one, just, David? 
Did you play Phantom Pain? I did play a little bit of Phantom Pain, yeah. I don't know if you realize that, but if you shot headshots, they would start putting head head armor on and shit. Yeah, and I, uh, yeah, no, would, no. I yeah. If you attack a lot at night, they'll have more lights. They have more the, lights on. If you attack yeah. at night, they'll turn on I, like I was too busy with balloons. Yeah. No, uh, uh, <laughs> oh, dude. Fulton. What's that system called? Fulton. And Fulton. dude, with when I was reviewing that, they didn't tell you you could Fulton yourself back. And I don't even know if that's really a... It works... But I don't know if that was what? a thing. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can teleport that, back yeah. to your home base by uh, by Fulton. By Fulton, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. By yeah. Fultoning yourself yeah. back, jumping onto the thing, and I didn't know that. And as a reviewer, that game was quite difficult to review because there was a lot of travel in that game. Oh, but yeah. there was a lot of very cool stuff too, and that was of course For during sure. the Mad Max time frame as it well. It was so goofy though. I ballooned everything that was yeah. stuck to the ground. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Me too. All the turrets, all the guys, all dude, the, you'll come to my base. And, you know what's funny is a game games are good when a game has something that appears to be that overpowered and you still can't win it easy. Have you guys ever noticed that? You'll get a game where you're like, dude, this power is so powerful. Like, I can suck yeah. up enemies, right? And, and you see that sometimes when they try to make it so balanced, but it becomes boring because we like mm -hmm. some OP stuff. No, so I, like, I admit it. I, I want yeah. a broken right? game. I think yeah. broken yeah, like stuff... Some hits because it's fun yes yeah, yeah, fun. yeah yeah it hits um we'll wrap this up david i want to say thank you very much man as always this oh. is always a blast and i appreciate your candid answers on some of this stuff because yeah, you know oh not love, that I other love, people don't tell the truth but i love i love being here uh this is it's always a great experience and i'm very happy to be like super open and transparent about that stuff so long as i'm allowed to talk allowed about to it. yeah don't <laughs> yeah, break NDAs yeah, yeah. on my part yeah. <laughs> um but if anybody gets a chance raw fury games have got a ton of stuff coming out and it sounds like one game you can't talk about that's really cool so um yeah 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 like yes uh, uh, i've been looking just, forward to by the way pimp those what do we got yeah. coming out in the next two or three months any any very specific titles that you got coming out that we can pimp? uh that, so yeah the next couple months uh in january we have a game called uh cassette beast that's going to come out so if you love pokemon uh you know kind of classic rpg stuff that's the way to go right there but all right yeah i'll do i'll do super quick plugs like uh go vote for norco for the game awards if you uh yep. if you don't have any game in the best debut indie category just you know click on that one for me uh what is it uh we have a game that just came out called flat eye it's a narrative adventure i didn't even talk about that one but like it's dope uh it's like black mirror meets resource uh, management wait what's oh. it called uh, what's, what's this called, called? Yeah, it's called flat eye flat eye oh that's yeah, why it's, it's in your friggin twitter title yeah, dude i was yeah. so confused i thought that was yeah. like a twitter joke or like no, aiming just, at twitter just okay came out, just came out and then uh and yeah uh watch watch the game awards for a new reveal of ours so yes indeed <laughs> um i want i want to again thank david and thank uh johnny and abzi for showing up um yeah, i appreciate course. it because we don't always plan these as well as we used to this will go live Later today, everybody knows it's Friday. It's uh, about 1.53 p.m. So this will probably go live at about 3 or 4 p.m. on Spotify, iTunes, all that. If you guys get a chance or give get a chance, make sure you review it. I think I'm iTunes getting right Flat Eye on Steam, by the way. All right, thanks. Yeah, I'm oh, looking at it right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Flat Eye is a resource. Wait. Oh, I shoot. love resource I management. Resource yeah, management like, sim with I an love... emphasis on story. And yeah, it's like, it's like resource retail management. Like you run like this like uh, remote gas station, but this gas station is powered by like an all-knowing technological giant that basically rules everyone's lives. <laughs> What's it, the shark yeah. in the... What the hell? There's a shark in like a trash bin. People need to check this out. By the way, it's already got very positive November... Or positive November 14th. Monkey Moon is the yeah, developer. The, the developer. They, uh, they made a game previously.
be called Night Call, which was an awesome narrative adventure. Uh, came out a few years ago. I think I reviewed so. Night Call. Let me check. You that might one have. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that oh, was yeah, definitely you more did, of like, actually. I did yeah, review was, Night Call. Yeah. Yeah, that was like more of like a visual novel than anything. Yeah, that else, was the the taxi cab one. Yeah, where you're driving yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. I, I I dig those kind of things. Um, by yeah. the way, that's also got mostly positive. That was July seventeenth, two thousand nineteen. Night call. If anybody wants to check those out, again, Raw Fury. Follow him on Twitter. Even if you're getting prepared to leave Twitter because it's supposedly yeah. <laughs> dying, it's not. But um, make yeah. sure to follow them. That'll be it for us. Thank you, everybody, for showing up. Peace out.